welcome to episode 309 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. So slowly, we're inching our way towards 310. (laughs) Well, I just looked, and I'm kind of going back and looking at our past titles. 308, Cooking the Crypto Crack. That's a good one. Yeah, that's nice. 307, Live Forever or Die Trying. Nice. 306, Better Late Than Never. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And 305, Solve 2017. Wow, that's barely any episodes back, but like that's the, two, that's a long time. That's ago. a year ago. Yeah, because Solve 2018 is in two weeks. What? Two weeks. By the way, do you want to? Um, of course. Want to be a part of that? That'd be great. Uh, yeah, you, of course. Goes without saying. Nice. You won't have to run the uh, slideshow this time, though. Okay. We'll have that up run up front. Everything will work, so you can. Uh, so what you mean you you've learned something? Uh, yeah, a few things. One <laughs> is uh, don't try and get everything done the night before. All right. Um, so you've got the questions already. We have um. That was the issue. The yeah, questions. So I, yeah. So we're we're working on those. I'm not working on. I have my sort of content development crew working on it. Mm-hmm. We can get into that in a minute. But so the thing um is uh so what I'm thinking for you is that you can um spend the time just interviewing people. Oh, great. On, well, on and off. Like, not the whole time, but judges, I don't know, kids, parents, whoever you feel like interviewing. Sure. And they'll just send them to the booth, and you can interview and whatever. I mean, awesome. Phil, Phil's uh, not going to come down. I tried to get him to come down. Got but it. And, and do you want me to... Um... He, apparently, he's too busy doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> so. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, for, for anybody who's on the show, so our buddy Phil moved back to Chicago, like, I don't know. Well, that, wait, that was a while back. That yeah, was in, he moved back. I, I just saw him the other day, though. Yeah, because you were in Chicago for yeah. Modern, teacher Modern Teacher Summit or something? Yeah. What, what was that about? Qu- a quarterly business review. We, mm-hmm. you know, but in theory, four times a year, I, I meet the guys, but uh, probably ends up being about twice a year, those kind of things, yeah. Right. So um, we usually talk about the, the strategy of the business and how it's doing and where it's going and the possibilities and product stuff. Yeah. So Cool. Yeah, um... So it was funny because when I called and I called him the other day, I was just walking back from the gym and I was just just calling him to see what was up. And you were there. I was like, "What the hell?" I know. I picked <laughs> up the phone. Right? He said, "He said, hey, hey, you answer this, and but mm. but don't answer it in your accent. Answer it almost in your accent." So I'm like, "Hello, this is Justin," and you were like, "You thought like, it was him making thought, fun of I, my accent?" Yeah, I thought him doing one of his stupid <laughs> accent imitation. So yeah. Anyway, so um, nice. Yeah, well, anyway, so the, the, the bottom line is it has been a long time. Like, we are in, the we have the quarterly show now. I think that's fine. I think it's fine. I mean, you know, for, for like, long-time listeners, I mean, basically, they'd probably like it either way. I mean, if we did it, if we, if, if we did it regularly, like, every short while, or if we did it every long while. <laughs> right. we, you know, we could have, we, we almost went to a more regular schedule if we could have organized that thing with Jack uh, coming over here, but um, his footsteps... Were well, too loud, you know. I I was prepared to like come here every week or whatever, you know. Well, that can change now. Okay, because we're in the process of buying a house. Oh, really? So we will no longer be living on top of uh, other people in a oh, condo. So okay. So Sandy was the only the only concern was Sandy. So Sandy is like ultra conscientious about disturbing the neighbors. Yeah, you know, she's a Midwesterner, right? Politeness and you know that kind of 
things yeah. to your neighbors and people is extremely important to her. And so even if our kids do the slightest thing, she just is really... Oh, edge, Jack's totally edge. not in control. I mean, he's just like stomping around, jumping around. I didn't even notice it. I thought she was totally fine. And so she's just... She'd kind of... I mean, she wasn't that big a deal, but she... I don't know, whatever. So b- bottom line is, um, if... So we put a... Um, we're under contract for a house, so really, I don't know. We're in the process. I mean, we signed all the documents, so I guess the whole thing has to go through Ooh, inspection. That's a great advantage of a quarterly show. Like a I, lot I mean, happens. You, like a lot happens. <laughs> like you, you buy an entire people house. are born, other people die, <laughs> nations fall. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, um, yeah. So th- we'll see if if we if this house you know comes through. I mean, I I have never bought a house. I mean, we bought this condo, but. I don't know what the probability is of something falling through. Whereabouts or... is it? I mean, let me let me guess. Let me guess. Within, like, within the stone's throw of this apartment. Define stone's throw. I mean, like... Because that's, like, that's, that's about as vague as an astrologist, I just right? can't believe that you're moving beyond walking distance away from your kid's school where you teach. I can't believe that you would drive to teach. So I think you're probably very close to here. Rancho. Oh, Rancho, what's that? Cucamonga. Rancho Cucamonga. So tell me where that is. About an hour away. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, that. I'm should... like, that does not fit with the reality of Jason. Like, this guy is so... I, I would just as soon as move to Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no way. Not that anything yeah. against Arkansas, but I mean, <laughs> Rancho is, might as well be in Arkansas. I mean, and, that's and, so far away. It's just that you you love this area. You love your life. You're very specific about what you want to do you're very in control of the life that you live you plan your life so it's unlikely you're going to do something yeah that's that you true. Don't i'm very do. um what's the word i want to say i'm very uh purposeful about living yeah purposeful about what i do mm-hmm. um and how i do it because I, i'm so introspective on what makes me happy what i like and don't like so i don't like to fumble into things and i'm just mm-hmm. like oh this sucks and i'm stuck here so what's been really so sandy has been looking for houses for the past you know, year practically, you know, and going to open houses, you know, she like lives on Zillow. You're going to you know. make me wait. You're going to unwrap this really slowly. Yeah, really well, slowly. I would, I'd tell you, so, <laughs> you know, and she would like, you know, and, and so we'd be going all, I mean, she knew that I was like, look, I'm not, we're staying in Pasadena. Like I'm not living way the hell out somewhere. And, um, and when I say way the hell somewhere, I mean like, you mean where Monrovia, I am? Altadena. Arcan- you mean oh, Altadena? Yes. Like, no. I mean that's literally ten minutes drive from here. I get from your door no, to my door. It's, it's ten minutes. No, ten minutes. If if it was at ten o'clock at night and you ran some red lights, dude, it's, right. it's at least fifteen. No, ten. No. But anyway, anyway, I've dri- we'll, well, so here's the thing. We'll measure it. We'll measure it after. But anyway, yeah. I mean, it's see. Here's the thing. When when you have kids and you're yeah. back and forth. To school and gymnastics and baseball practice and whatever and you know it's just impossible. I mean, it makes your life. You spend an hour and a half of your day or two hours of your day just driving around. Eleven minutes on Google Maps. Okay, <laughs> so we'll round that up to fifteen. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, um, but imagine this. So imagine like our kids walk to school now. Okay. I know. Yeah. So, yeah. so there is zero transportation time to school in the morning. Yeah. Now, if you had to get the car, kids into the car, drive the car, wait in the drop-off thing. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big line. Everybody probably 
I don't know, 30 minutes minimum. It's minimum. furniture because that 30, line 30, takes a long time to yeah, drop so off. Yeah, so 30, line. 35 minutes. And then you got to pick them up. And then if you have to take them to baseball practice or to whatever, and gymnastics, just, and there's usually many trips back and forth. And then, of course, you got to run errands. You got to plan everything out. So I keep telling them, like, you're going to spend your life in the car. Like, I don't think you understand Did you- how how easy and convenient our life is now that we can i can walk to the gym i can walk to school the kids walk oh, to school oh, oh. you can walk to trader joe's to whole foods oh, to target listen listen nothing you're talking to a londoner i understand yeah like, walking, i understand to walk well, i i hate i like the whole concept of having to have a car in the first place is annoying to it, me yeah like yeah. i mean where you know when where i lived in london everything was local everything was in walking distance i would never drive to get shopping for example i'd walk to the shop and then I'd carry heavy bags back. Drive, but, driving was like a trip. Like we're but, going to the seashore. We're gonna go. That's the, that, like that. You that's rent right. a car. Like that was right. I mean, that was. That's like, the reason. That's the reason why you buy so much here when you go to the shop. Like when when in the in the UK, like I would just get like one bag of stuff. Pick a stuff on the way home from work. On the way home from work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, it's a totally different existence. Yeah. So I don't want to give that up. I'm very conscientious, or very. Con- I'm sorry. Very conscious of how much that um, adds to our quality of life. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm very conscious every day I walk out and it's outside and it's sunny. Yep. Like, you know, Phil moved back to Chicago. It's like, yeah, it's so cold and it's so <laughs> dark. And I'm like, I've been telling you that forever. And like, you just get back there and you forget. And you know, and you're like, it is so nice. Especially when you just force yourself to recognize how nice it is. So anyway, so that was a big thing for me. Now, but of course, when you're in and around Pasadena Central, you're paying like San Francisco prices. You're paying like New York prices. This ain't Milwaukee, you know? I've, I've, I've got it. This, so what you've done is you've got a house in Pasadena Central, but in a different dimension. So it's actually slightly cheaper. Working on that. Okay. That, that, that hasn't quite, the science hasn't quite worked out yet. Okay. But, um, yeah, so I, I remember like, because I told her, I said, look, you know, because we're looking at houses. I mean, they're like... Three, four million bucks. And right. I was like, I don't even know how we're going to afford that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we were able to pull a little bit of money out of, out of the Uber stuff. You know, I think, um, I think it's our last show. Like, uh, what was the SoftBank came and put some money in and, uh, and allowed to provide some liquidity to people. So whatever you said you wanted to sell, um, you got to sell half of that because of the amount of people who sold. Right. So um, anyway, I sold some just enough to kind of so that we could buy a house, not the ultimate house, but a not the right house, but the right now house. To be clear, that's Jason selling Uber stock, which is a great, a great thing to have happened. And uh, he was one of the founding developers of Uber. So nicely done. Nicely and I, done. I don't know if I'd call myself a founding developer. Louis number seven, a, right? I was this, depending on how you count, I was seventh the seventh developer. or eighth person. Yeah. I was fourth developer. Oh, fourth developer. Well, there you go. Something like that. So I mean, that the other guys, the other guys were junior. The other guys were junior guys. That's pretty founding. I mean, let's just put it this way. You, your your thoughts and ideas must have helped to have found the way that the technology well, was Well, yeah, built. definitely. So, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, the, I, the, I have the reason they use Node.js. That's right. Yeah. You know, I, I architected all the real-time systems and a bunch of other stuff. Anyway, but I don't know. I, I, people were saying stuff like, there's this one company I advise, and he likes to say, he's the... the, the what do you say? The de facto CTO. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> I turn that down, dude. Like, I don't, I turn down the CTO position. Calling myself the de facto CTO is not accurate. You know, there was no CTO there. So I'm a bit, 
if during that time for the first few years I was mm-hmm. working there, so it's not like there's anyone get their feelings hurt, but I'm just saying like that's not really accurate. Anyway, so yeah, so we got enough to buy a house. Nice. Could buy a great house if we were in Orlando or wow. Waco. Yeah. Or even Eugene, Oregon. Pasadena, especially if you want to be like in Grand Central where we are, you want to be right in the middle of the action, mm-hmm. it is really expensive. And there's not much um, supply that comes in on the market because the um, I came up with proposition whatever that was passed in the 80s um, grandfathered in um, property taxes to the price that you paid for the house. So you have a lot of older people who are hanging onto their house who bought it, you know, when they were, you know, a younger couple and, ha- and now they're in their 70s or whatever and they're just living there because they don't have to pay much. We're, and so, the, so we don't have much supply coming on and in the and Pasadena there is no real new construction there's no space to build I think anything. I know where you're going with this but I, I, I'm just going to let you keep on going to see if I'm right in my mind yeah so but Sandy so I initially said expand I said alright like let's look let's, if we have to look at Altadena I said I'm, I'm open to South Pass okay I'm open to South Pasadena that's that's okay but every time we would go someplace even even places in Pasadena it was kind of like a little sleepier like out pat and like you know kind of you know a few miles and it was just like crickets. There's nobody around. Like in some neighborhood, there's no street. There's no. <laughs> there's nobody walking. There's no. There's nothing. And I was just like, I feel lonely and depressed. Like I like it, and I see people walking their dog and jogging and walking to work, and you know, just like we're in the. You know, I don't want to live in downtown Manhattan, but I like living around people. I like action. I like there be some energy. It just feels like life to me. And so we go to these places, and I just would be depressed. Not only that, we, there was like these $3.5 million house and then I'd hate it. I'm like, this sucks. Like, I don't have an office. Like, <laughs> half of these rooms we're paying for what I'm going to use. Like, here's what we need. Because, you know, you really come in and you have these very specific ideas about what kind of house you want. I mean, you know, we have, you know, we have three kids. So here's what we need. We need one room for the girls to share. Okay, Sandy wants the girls to share a room. Just she thinks that's good for them. Colby to have a room. Room for us. And I need an office. Doesn't sound like much, right? Right? It was hard to find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was hard to find. I mean, we're not, we don't have, you don't have a guest room. I mean, you get, and then, I don't know. So bottom line is, um, we went all these places. We're looking all the place. And I, I would always like walk in and kind of have a frown on my face. Because I'm like, that sucks. Hate it already. <laughs> Hate it. You know, there's like... But we finally found a place um, on Las Robles, just south of California. Which is about a five-minute walk from my current place. Or a two-minute drive in a car. Los Robles, California. Los Robles is one street over from where we are. I know right? exactly. That that's Throop. That's Throop. Yeah, that's Throop, Throop Church. Church. And, and then California is one block down. Yeah, so we're just south of that. Oh, those! I love those houses. They're kind yeah. of like bungalow-style houses. They're the bungalow. So ours is a, a little bigger than that. It's a um, craftsman. Nice. That had a little bit of an extension of X. So it's a little bigger. But it is just, they just remodeled the whole thing. Yeah. So we don't have to do any work. Or we, we don't have to. We're probably going to do something, some stuff I'll tell you about if you want. But the, um, yeah, so we, we got it. I have a tiny, I mean, it's it's not like. You have off-street parking? Or do you, like, yeah, we have, a, we have a garage and a, okay. and a um, you know, and a. So I'll be able to pull up and like turn into your yeah. driveway. I won't have to worry about like oh, getting a I, ticket. I've seen you drive. I'm not sure. I'm <laughs> 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 not sure that's a great idea. But um, no, um. You know, but you know, it's like a, the it's kind of craftsman. So, like, there's a study right off the main entrance, kind of like where's a figure. I guess the guy was the, the real estate agent said, like, you know, attorneys or you know, like psychologists. They'd have that little where they shut the two doors. They have that kind of. So it's a nice little study. It's not it's not anything special. Um, but um, 
Yeah, so we're going to have finally. That is not what I was expecting you to say. What were you expecting? The way that you built that up, it sounded like you were going to say, and I've convinced Sandy to get another condo slash townhouse. So we're moving into, we're not we're getting no. a house, we're getting a, we're getting a townhouse uh, or a condo. Sandy, so we've been living in this condo for 18 years, dude. Right. 18 years. Over 18 and a half <laughs> years. And Sandy is just like over it, right? Cause She's ready for house. All three of our kids live in the loft. We have a bunk bed and then a pullout that the, from that bunk bed, like it goes uh, the slides in the bucket that my youngest sleeps in. And are the kids excited about it? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. they are. Um, I, so Sandy's super excited because you know she wants a home, she wants a garden, she wants to be able to have a patio, she wants to be able to have an actual an actual dining room, actually able to entertain. <laughs> you know, actually, yeah. you know, an actual kids actually have rooms. You know, I mean, it's like. I know probably a lot of women, they imagine this is, I want to make a home and this is what I want to be like. And it's like, they don't imagine living in a condo where the kids don't have a room and we don't have a dining room and we can't entertain, you know, which was a hilarious thing. It's like, you know, we eat dinner, same night at night, we eat on our bed. (laughs) And I never thought about it. She's like, she's like, she, she brought that up. She's like, we eat on the bed. She's like, I'm so tired of that. I'm like, I guess we do, don't we? She's like, yeah, (laughs) you eat like Caesar. I'm like, you say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> I mean, like, because like, you know, she's always like, "Do you want to eat with the kids?" I'm like, "No, I do not want to eat with the kids." Because Izzy won't eat anything, so Sandy spends half her time threatening her, and Izzy eat, take another bite, da da da. The kids, I'm like, I don't find that enjoyable. Like, I'm I'm around. Like, let's just get them done, put them to bed, and then we can go and eat whatever we want to eat. And so what do you do? Just show. like watch the TV and eat in the bed? Yeah, it's like we watch. We just watch a show and eat and got it. Yeah, you know, joke around and. You know, but we, we're, we're such that's a, awesome. So, so how many rooms is it? How many rooms? Well, it's, it's officially five bedrooms, yeah. but the downstairs, the, but the, they put the mat, they put three bedrooms upstairs. Oh, there's an upstairs. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. So okay. there's three bedrooms upstairs and there's a big bedroom, one big bedroom, which is like a master. I think it was the original master. And then they put a, but they transferred and said so they created this master downstairs kind of towards the back. And, you know, there's really well, you know, you know, this huge bathroom kind of ensuite, you know, and all this kind of stuff. I said, but the problem is we need a kid. Sandy really, really wants a place for the kids to put all their crap. And for the PS4, when they're playing the video games, she's like, I don't want all their crap in the living room all the time. And it gets really annoying. And having, because the kids are always playing video games and yelling and talking on their phone. They're always playing network and yelling at their friends. And it's just like, ah, like you can't escape it. So, you know, initially we looked some places and they had like a converted basement. She's like, right, we have a basement. We can throw the kids down there, go downstairs, shut the door. Like, <laughs> you know, and Sandy being an introvert really like needs the, I need a break. The kids yelling and blah all the time. I'm more like, hey, I like having the kids around because I'm an extrovert, right? I just like them around everywhere. But I said, the problem is if we make the kid cave that master or master, we're never going to see the kids. They're going to be upstairs in the bedroom or they're going to be in the master. And I said, like, I don't want the kids to disappear. I want the kids to be around. I want to be able to see them. I want to hear them. I, I mean, it's nice to be able to shut a door and say, okay, fine, you're, on the, you're playing Fortnite with your friend and you guys are yelling back and forth and we shut the door. Gonna... What about the office? Do you get, is the office private enough to... Yeah, it's a little study. It's up right, up the, right in the front entrance and it's kind of on the other side of the house from all that. So It's kind of looking out into the street. That's right. So you get to see your life. You get to see it's people small. walking It's about the size dogs. of this. Nice. Uh, although, of course, it doesn't look as big as it doesn't have a vaulted ceiling, but it's... Yeah. It's uh, it's fine, but um, yeah, the um, it should work. I mean, you know, it's not perfect because we have this like master bedroom, which we're gonna turn into like a kid cave. 
So so wait, the, so I, so how are you going to manage the master bedroom kids? Sandy and I are going to take the upstairs master. Got it. Although we don't actually have a bathroom off of our bedroom, so we have to walk down the hall. There's only one bath. There's only one bathroom upstairs, but so, we're going to force the kids to use the bathrooms downstairs. So downstairs will be the kid cave. Them, the, kid the, them, the master, the actual master that was intended for the house will be their game room, and there'll be a, there'll be a, it'll be a game room. It's just really going nice. to have a really great shower. That's really great, like sunken bathtub or whatever. Oh, what, 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 what are those kind of bathtubs that are up on the head, like the feet, the kind claw, of claw feet? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like oh, it's got one of those. Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, they really did it up. So that's um, great. But uh, my, my mom will want to come over because she because in America they don't really you know, take so take baths seriously. And she's been looking for a decent bath. She's a pro. She's, like <laughs> she's a, a professional bather. <laughs> <laughs> but the only the only way to change it, Sandy Williams, like she really wants a pool because our kids are just like fish. Ooh, okay. But the problem is we have to where they put the is garage. Is the yard big enough? Yeah, it is. But we have to move the garage back. Like the way they put it, like like you built it, and then like there's all this area behind the garage that's being used for nothing. It's like, well, what the hell is that? So. Oh. If we do it, we have to like literally lift up and move the garage and and you know build a new foundation and then so we if, have to spend. We I mean, if they can money. move castles from Scotland to oh, America, they can, they can, they can move that garage. They can, back and it's brand new, so it's not like. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we have to do a little work on the house anyway. So we're we're moving. Uh, That's exciting. Unless things don't fall through, and I don't know how long this takes. It's like what thirty days or forty five days or something. That's exciting. Oh, that's good. And so, well, so if if you know if that is the case, and and you guys don't mind, because Jack had so much fun playing with your yeah, kids. Well, my kids. Well, yeah. Well, now with a kid cave. Yeah. It's like they're contained. That could be perfect. It's on the. So floor. what we could do is we could just do like, an you know half an hour to forty five minutes. On Saturday mornings, just a quick one. You know, I'll just come over for just doesn't a short matter. time. We can we can do a whole show. Doesn't matter. And we have a backyard, so they can run around the backyard. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess yeah. it's just you know, if if your kids want to, don't mind playing with him for that long. You see, my girls love they love playing with him. He's, yeah. he's like a little do, you know doll for them. Wine on <laughs> well, he loved them as well. So, yeah. but you know, one of the things I say about the house, but it was so funny though. It's like because I was like, you know, I know that. You know, Sandy's dream is to have. I mean, she wants a house. She wants a garden, a dining room. You know, she's been, she's so frustrated that we, she can't have, you know, things that you would think of like this is what a normal family home life should be, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you can't have any of that stuff. And, and I'm like, but we live in awesome area, and our and we have like kind of an open concept thing where everyone's around. Well, it's great for an extrovert, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, if you're an extrovert, this is the best place to live in the world. But if you're an introvert and you want a house. Well. Yeah. So I anyway, it was the first place we found. I'm like, okay, okay. Like I don't have to. We don't have to move far away. Kids can yeah. still ride their bikes to school, you know. So that's so it's all done. That's awesome. But I was actually kind of stressed because I was like, I'm gonna get screwed on this deal. We're gonna spend a huge chunk of money, and then I'm gonna be living somewhere I don't want to live, and we're gonna be driving on the car all the time. But and you're I'm, not feeling that way now. No, I feel fine. Yeah, okay. I feel fine. I mean, um, you're right. Like that is a great location as well. So because it's close to here, but it opens up, um, it opens up a Royal Parkway to you, you know, which is basically just a few blocks down the California. Right? Yeah, but I don't ever go. You don't ever go, but you, there's <laughs> nice, there's nice stuff there. Whole Foods is there. Houston's oh, oh, is there. Mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Whole Foods, Houston's, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Trader Joe's, IHOP's right there. <laughs> you know, all the all the good places. <laughs> anyway, so um, well, enough about the the house. So, well, what's uh, what's going on? Well, you know, it's it's nugget, nugget. It's stuff. all nugget, all the time. nugget and nugget stuff. I mean, um, I mean, Jack's doing great. Um, you know, for on on a family level, Jack's doing great, and Georgie's doing great, and 
we're looking at um, kind of branching out some of what Georgie does. So she's we're looking at doing trainings and different things and starting different business concepts up uh, mm. with Georgie. Um, but with Nugget, so I think the last time I we spoke about it, I said my plan was to make it, you know, free so that you could get in with one click, you know, do the so social yeah. logins, get in. You want to sell a course or something. And sell a course and basically, yeah, exactly, sell a course because after speaking to so many founders and doing so much, just, just trying to help so many founders, trying to kind of get somewhere, having learned so much and also myself having got somewhere, um, I just really saw that the problem, the problem was, and they, you know, they may not, say this but the problem that i mean you know it's it's that kind of like henry ford thing like if i'd have asked people what they want they would have said a, a faster horse right it's it this is my kind of understanding of speaking to these people and i feel that what people have needed is just a step-by-step hand hold hand hold your hand course mm -hmm. so that you kind of don't stray off the path because what because people just kind of get up to a a place and then they just take a left turn and I just felt like with the rails of like going from, you know, A, B, C, D, that they, that it would be really helpful for them. Um, so the idea is to, you know, the other idea is to kind of, instead of selling um, smaller subscriptions at 20 bucks or whatever, like the plan is to work up to a point where I can sell maybe 200, $250,000, uh, $2,000 courses, because it's just a much, it's it i just think it's a better price point for this business you know and for what i'm doing so you know you can make you can make a lot of decisions about how you're going to make your money what your revenue model is you know right. you're going to sell 10,000 people at 5 bucks you're going to sell to 500 people at 50 bucks or whatever anyway what i think you know what i deeply believe after doing a lot of research is that the best plan for me is to target to have a goal of selling $252,000 courses so you know per year that's my goal um the only downside is it's not recurring revenue it's yeah it's it's not recurring revenue but the up but i didn't just want to create a course like it, there's a whole part of this that is like me doing what i really want to do and, and you know i'm kind of eating my own dog food there which is um i i kind of express um through the trainings that i give like how important product founder fit is and something that i really want to do is to build this specific platform that work that looks a specific way that kind of takes influence from Y Combinator, takes influence from Idea Lab, you know, mm -hmm. and has all these things. So one one of the parts that I'm really looking forward to um, to having it is the, is an alumni network, you know. Right. So I, from from the from the kind of few people who are participating on a daily basis now, who are really into the the kind of um, the kind of community aspect of it, it's great. You know, we've got like five people. There's this momentum logger where we're, where you can track your progress and what you're doing. And it's the best community that I've built. And I've built a number of communities and I've built some mm. crap ones and I've built some good ones. The first one's a virtual Irish pub. Think about it, that's how I you know, got into this whole thing was the virtual Irish pub, right. you know, that's my first thing. But this, you know, with the five people who are posting every day, it's really high quality, mm -hmm. just five people. And I know that if I can, uh, what, what I'm excited about is, you know, I'm, I'm happy for people to come in for free and look at those ideas. And they're not kind of part of that community. And there's this mid-range plan, which is, you know, 29 bucks a month where people get to see premium ideas. But I'm not stressed about that, about selling any seats on that. What I really want to do is to bring these people into the higher value course, 
get them to move through it. And we all kind of were in it together. And we're creating this alumni network of, and just this really tight core community. And I'm really looking forward to how that's going to work out. In the first place, the course, even though my goal is for the course to be 2000 bucks, um, in the first place, it's, it's just going to be for the, for the charter members, for the first people, the guinea pigs, it's going to be 247 bucks. So um, anyway, I've done a lot of work in kind of creating this platform and creating the free, the free version and then pushed it on Product Hunt as, you know, Nugget 3.0. And it did extremely well. And we got 3,000 people signing up. Um, wow. So basically, that's, so that's 3,000 people who are fully signed up to the free product and then end up on this drip that's, you know, like a, a drip email campaign. Yep. I that know about is, it. But so, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you named, heard that you term. named it. You named it, right. <laughs> no, but, but I guess what I mean, what, the reason why I say that is because the drip's really important because I've kind of gotten really good at drip. I really understand how to do that, how to make that very effective to the point where, you know, I, I kind of get an email a lot of the time from people saying, wow, this, you know, I'm on a lot of these things. I'm on a lot of these kind of drips, but, but the content that you send out is just amazing. It's really good. Like That's you cool. really make me think, you know? And so, the, and I don't, I just kind of give value. I don't really sell the course or whatever, but anyway, um, we've got, we've got this process of people signing up to the Academy. They, they, they go to the Academy page cause it's called the Nugget Startup Academy and they can kind of read about it. And then they can, um, they have to click some checkboxes if they want to sign up. I've, I showed you this mm -hmm. basically says, look, you know, I'm, I'm not going to screw around. I'm really going to take this seriously. I'm going to do it nugget way. Then they enter their email address. Then um, it sends them an email and tells them they have to fill out a questionnaire, which is just five questions. So I think we've had like a couple of hundred sign, you know, enter their email address, but about 50 people have like fully filled out the questionnaire with information about themselves, you know. So we're, we're going to be able to, we're, we're, uh, the first cohort is going to be called Alpha Dogs. Mm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, once again, like I told you, I, I want this whole thing to be sort of all the nice things that I think about in life. And I, you know, I like Y Combinator and I like um, uh, Idea Lab. And one thing I like is the way that you name things, you know, like Black Ops type style <laughs> things. And so, so, I, so every, so I, I've kind of been thinking about you in that sense. So every one of these batches is going to have a name like Alpha Dogs or Moon Diamonds or something like that. You know? I wouldn't use Moon Diamonds. Okay, maybe not. I'll, I'll, run, I'll run all the <laughs> yeah, names. Run it by me. I'll that, run it by you first. Room, that's not good. So, and so, so what, what I think will be really <laughs> fun is, is for each one of these you know, batches of, I don't know what size they're going to end up being, but starting off being 10, the way that I've coded it is that you can get to see the cumulative score of how they're doing. You know? So each, each batch is almost in competition with each other. So I'm, I want to try and create this camaraderie with the batches, but I also want them to be in competition. So there's a there's a this batch board concept where you can compare your batch against other batches, you know. And so like, so, do you are you going to have? Are you trying to elicit a sense of peer pressure among each other so they get to get it? Say, hey, come on, come on, push up. You need to I, you need to catch up. Like you're falling behind. I I, I, so it's, I it's like I was just watching a thing about which. On, on CrossFit, you know, those CrossFit gyms. Yeah. And it's like one of, the, one of the real benefits of CrossFit is you work out with a group of people. Everybody's going through the workout of the day and they're busting their ass and it's really hard. But you're with people pushing you through. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you just go to the gym by yourself, unless you're part of taking one class, it's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. So sometimes with having something like that where everybody's pushing each other, I think it'd be really helpful. Probably it not only will help people make more progress, which will get more value out of it, which is 
course, what you're trying to do, um, it'll be stickier. People, there'll be fewer people just quit because they're like, hey, I'm, I've created a little bit of a social network here, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like these little mastermind groups kind of thing. I, I, yeah, I really do. Th- I mean, I think that is that is correct. Like, I would like the cohort to kind of become its own little mastermind group, you know, um, and definitely to support each other and a real sense of community. And, you know, this is my batch, you know, so print up Alpha Dogs. So you have to kind of tech enable all those interactions. You have to do things that sort of promote that or encourage that kind well, it's of part, well, well for a start it's part of the it's part of the course so the course you know one of the benefits of of building modern teacher and digidoo and all this training stuff is it's afforded me um an understanding of how to build good good kind of educational content mm-hmm. you know and i've also had some help with that uh, from a friend as well and um so it, the instructional design makes that happen so it's like mm-hmm. One one of the things that uh, that I'm doing is, um, you know, rather than just, I'm doing it bottom up instead of top down. So you know how Elon Musk, when Elon Musk talks about um, the school that he started for his kids, he said the problem the problem with teaching and schools is that they teach you theory first, and and then and then you get to play. He said, but but like kids want to go in and like take apart an engine and then learn how it works. Yeah. you know, bottom up. So I'm kind of doing doing that, like so. The first thing that you know, the like for example, what you know, there would be a lesson to say. Okay, just go ahead and like throw out ten ideas, and then I just teach some interesting thing about, uh, you know, some part of why you should think about customers. You know, when you when you're picking an idea, like I don't have the exact syllabus in my mind right now, but basically, then I say, okay, now go ahead and pick another 10 ideas. Do you pick the same 10 ideas that you just did? And I kind of keep kind of doing that and just, you know, teaching a little bit extra about what makes a business a successful business. And then you kind of go back, but then also you share it with, you share it with the cohort, you know? So there's, there's like a discussion with the cohort about why you've done that, what you're thinking. So that's basically you know, the way... How it Didn't Rob Walling do something like this, Rod? Or they had, or they still do it? Or Yeah, I, Rob, Rob and um, Mike basically yeah. did, did um, micro, the Micropreneur Academy. Okay, yeah. But right. it's, 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 it's both the same and very, very different. And Rob listens to our show, so he'll, he'll, he'll know, you know. It's, it, he'll pipe <clears> in. He'll probably, he'll probably pipe in. Um, I've got a funny story to tell about Rob, actually. Yeah. But, um, so the Micropreneur Academy, it... It wasn't program. It wasn't so programmatically structured as what I'm doing. So it was more along the lines of there was content and there was you know a forum, mm-hmm. but like what I'm doing is like a completely kind trying of trying to walk people through step by step. But by but step. not just that. Like the technology is like making the content also the forum and you know combining people at the right time and connecting people together. So it's a, it's like a fully immersive type of thing in that sense so where are you when are you when are, they, when are you gonna start selling your first course um i'm aim like i've i've been building the kind of course side of things so i, I got all the other stuff of the platform ready um to release uh, i guess it's about a month ago now um i think it's going to take me another month and then i'll be releasing the course right yeah. until what how your big your initial group will be how big do you think um well i don't know so it's it, it's gonna my 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 vision is gonna be like Every week, bringing in 10 people. That's my vision. Okay. You know, 10 people at two grand. That's my, my kind of vision. Maybe every other week, I don't know. But, but to start off with, it's just going to be 10 people. I just want a cohort of 10 people. And just I'll probably work with them for a, maybe a month. Um, okay, and so, then bring in so another 10. Big enough that there's 
enough energy and sort of input to create um, content of its own to create, you know, mm-hmm. but if, if it was just two or three people, it wouldn't seem like much. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, but if it's too many people, you wouldn't have the bandwidth to interact with them. But I, I need to find out what that too many people is or what that too few people is. So my guess is 10 people because yeah. like, you're, you know, you could imagine that three or four people would kind of maybe dr- not be so involved or whatever. Yeah, um, I think that's right. I think 10 is a first, good first guess. I mean, is it eight? Is it 12, 15? I mean, it's somewhere in that range because if you get too far above that, it's like it takes a while to, who are these other people? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, I don't know these people. This person pops in and out. I'm not really sure they exactly, are. Yeah. If it's just three or four, if it's like, if it's just three or four people and you weren't really connecting with those people, because people have yeah. personalities. You'd be like, if 10, there's some variety. It's like, okay, yeah. there's a couple people in there. I'm like, eh, but these other people, there's a few people in there I really like who are really sharp. I mean, we've really got, whatever. like I'm saying, we've got five people who are communicating every day and it's just a very rich experience yeah. right now. Well, I, I think so, well, that's great. So, but, yeah. and I think, it, I think, of course, it's really also going to depend on, on the people, right? Yeah, it totally you, does. you could have five or six people and you could have two or three, two or three people who are just really energetic and really asking a lot of questions and doing a lot. Yeah. And then that could be enough where you could have 12 people and you have just a bunch of silent mice. And well, that's, you know, and that's like, the reason why we really like, we're, we're not, it's a, it's a trick to get people to, to enter questions and then say you're going to vet them and then let them in anyway that's like a sales trick but we're not i'm not doing that as a sales trick like genuinely i'm going to carefully qualify these people and i think i'm probably going to speak to them on the phone before picking those 10 and really make a decision okay yeah that uh, that guy or that girl and a few a few girls have of like um i I would really like it to be 50 50 male female if possible but uh yeah, that would be tough because yeah. there's so many more guys who tend to want to do this. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean that's that'd be great. Um, so that'd be great. You probably, I mean, if you could at least get more than one female per batch. Oh yeah, at least get two or three so that it feel like it's just me and a bunch of guys. You there's, know, there's definitely a chance of that this time around. But still, you know, there's there's probably like five girls submitted out of fifty. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. I think. I, I was actually going to say that I think you're talking like five to ten percent is, is, is my estimate. If you just randomly selected, you're going to five or ten percent of people who are entrepreneurs are going to be. But I, but the thing is, I kind <clears> of have <throat> this idea in my mind before launching of reaching out to girls who code, where they have like ninety thousand mm-hmm. coders, mm-hmm. and saying, "Look, I just want to tell you about this." I, I'm tr- I'm thinking through in my mind like, how can I do that without seeming like I'm just trying to sell them something, you know? Um, that that I really do want to just make you know balance things up, but mm-hmm. anyway, that's just, that's something I'm just thinking about. Um, yeah, it's always uh, sort of diversity efforts are so tricky because on that topic, so many people are so touchy, right? To be so easily triggered, and so how you talk to them about it, and how you approach it, and mm-hmm. even if you're approaching it with good intentions and stuff, it just can be it's a um, I don't know. It's it's, a, it's, a, it's like you have to be really careful. Yeah, you know, it's either you either you just kind of ignore like, the whole thing until someone finally makes a beef out of the fact that you're not right. doing it's, enough, or yeah. implicitly your behavior means that you don't care about it. Or if you do do it, people are like, oh, you're pandering and you don't. You're just trying to. You know, it's. Uh, I don't think I don't think there's any way to get through it without uh, enduring some pain. <laughs> So, but you're probably going to have to one way or the other. It's just, it's just part <laughs> of our, it's just our, it's our current cultural and societal struggle. Yeah. That we're just, and it's just going to be like, you know, just something that we're fighting through. So, 
But, uh, that's but nice let, me, let me just tell you the, just one funny story about Rob. So um, Rob Walling, this is. So I I put mixed panel because we've been using you know mixed panel for modern teacher stuff, and I really like it, and I like how they how they do things and how it shows the information, and and you can go ahead and look at someone, you know exactly what they do, you know exactly what they're doing. Anyway, I lo- I was looking at the mixed panel users, and I saw that Rob Walling signed up to Nugget. He came in as a as a free as a paid user. Actually, he he signed up for paid, and was checking it out. But like the the thing that I'm I was most proud of was you know the momentum tracker, which is basically this thing where you're logging and you're all logging in. But he just kind of went around and looked at a few nuggets, and he was like he was just looking at ideas, and he didn't go to the momentum tracker. So I just <clears throat> so I mean so so first of all I saw him I saw him come in and I sent him an email I said hey dude that's awesome that you're that you're in you should check out like the momentum tracker. So then I saw that you know a few days later he came in. And he didn't really look at it. He did something else. And I, <laughs> he, yeah. he kind of looked at it, but like not properly. So then I sent him back another email. And I said, dude, that's not looking at the momentum tracker. You should go and look like, like look at here, here, here. Anyway, he sends back this email. He's like, he's like, stop spying on me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Well, you have a habit of getting a little, a little overbearing. You can be a little in your yes, face. So that's, that's a true. situation where it's like, okay, true. dude. Yeah, that is yeah, true. It's funny. Well, good thing he was a good friend, so yeah. he didn't really care. But I mean, <laughs> but anyway, he, he's he's like he's like, yeah, I get it, I get it. It makes sense. <laughs> that's funny. Well, cool. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. So we'll so see. Nugget is Nugget still the right name? I I like the name Nugget, and okay. I I like that once again. Just it's just kind of funny. I like it. I like the robot. I like. I really like the branding. Okay. I like the moon concept. I don't know. I just. It's quirky. It I like the whole like way quirky. it hangs together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So I want to switch gears. These do. So Operation Superhero Part Two. No way. Dunking. Well, yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, when I we when I first went after the whole get and get fit first, <laughs> you know, this was 2014. This is June 2014. Um. You know, and so the first idea was I'm just going to get in shape, lose some weight, you know, um, put on some muscle, get just like get fit again. Right. And, um, and then as, as I started to get a little excited about it, I'm like, damn, you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to get strong again. I started setting some goals, you know, lifting, like maybe I could dunk, you know, that whole thing. Right. And the problem was I hurt myself about five different ways. Inside mm-hmm. of like six to eight weeks, I had tweaked my shoulder, strained a, pulled a muscle in my rib cage that took long time to heal hyperextended my elbow <laughs> hurt my back and ultimately tore my adductor attachment and put me off for 18 months mm-hmm. so anyway i'm aware i'm up at the gym and this one guy kind of came one of his trainers the trainers kind of walking around they're kind of like you're like a mark to them right they're like mm. going, hey i see you working out if you need questions <laughs> you help i'm like yeah i know and i i kind of blew him off i say hey listen man i don't have the i can't really afford it's not like a hundred dollars. That's expensive. I, I yeah. can't. I said, don't yeah. waste your time with me. And he's like, well, no, I give you, you know, future sessions. He's like, you know, because he told me to do some rehab stuff. He's like, I worked in a rehab clinic for three years as a physical therapy assistant. So I, mm. I know all the protocol I can help you. Mm. And so then I was like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to like, I'll do a free session with him. And he said, yeah, just, I'll just show you some stuff that you can do. Cause I kept forgetting what I was supposed to be working on on the protocol. When I went to the physical therapy stuff, I, I had done some stuff and I'm like, God, what was I doing again? And so anyway, I ended up just said, screw it. I'll just sign up. And 
Um, and I was like, you know, first I was like, all right, so here's my goal. I want to, I want to get down to like at least 185 pounds, if not 175. I always think I was 210 when I started. And, and I said, you know, and if everything goes right, I want to go after, I want to go after dunking <laughs> again. He's like, what? You know? And I was like, yeah, I want to like, I want to, I want to, you know, restart operation superhero. I said, I know it's insane. I'm 47 years old. It is ridiculous. But that's what makes it even more fun. I said, you know, because the whole losing weight and getting fit, I mean, there's a certain like a health aspect, feel good. And there's just sort of like, yeah, I'm getting abs and stuff. But it's like, I can't get excited about that. It's a nice side effect, but it, fundamentally, I'm an athlete. And I like, I have to train for an athletic goal to be excited. I can't be like, oh, I'm getting down to a certain body fat percentage. That's just, after a while, it's just, it's not very motivating for me. Um, and so, um, or at least I could get down there and then it's just after a while, you're just like, okay, whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, and then until you get put on weight and you're like, oh crap, now I feel really bad about myself. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, um, we, uh, started on it and, and, and I said, you know what? I said, here's the deal. And I told him, I said, last time I've done, every time I get started on stuff, I hurt myself because of my mentality is that I, once I get really into something, I get really into something. If it can be done, it can be overdone. And I'll overdo it and I'll hurt myself. And so, and then I knock myself out and then I can't work out for months or a year. And then I get, that's how I get out of shape. I was like, your job is to be the throttle. You got to push me, but you got to keep me from injuring myself, you know? And so, and it's worked out perfectly like that. So like three days a week I go and he just kicks my ass. Like he's, he's these brutal workouts where, where I'm like writhing on the ground going, <gasps> You know, Jesus. And like, I just look around, I'm like, all the other trainers, I'm like, nobody else is doing this. <laughs> Why am I the only one dying? I'm like, you're all sitting there smiling, doing something on me. <laughs> I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> How do I get out of this chicken shit operation? This is, you know, like, this is crap. You know, and so, but then I just talk trash to him the whole time. I'm like, is that all you got? <laughs> I could do this all day. <laughs> I'm like on the ground. Like I, I can't. So feel my how arms. is he? How is he not? But like it, it sounds like you're almost feeling more in pain than you if you were on your well, own. But if you're good, on your own, you hurt yourself. It's so the how's, good kind of pain. It's the kind of pain like I work really hard, but I don't injure myself. You see, what happened with me is. I try and do a little too much weight or a little or too many reps, and I lose form. I break form, and I tweak something. So he's keeping you in form. Yeah. He's like a, he's a form Nazi. He's like straight your back, neutral form, drop, relax your shoulders, do this. Like you know, and which like, basically hurts more to stay that way. It's harder. Yeah, it's harder. But I yeah. can't break form. I mean, he is on me like you know, That's like a, yeah. like white on rice. I mean, he is like watching every rep, constantly chattering at me about this and that, and so. And then we've been rebuilding sort of like my movement patterns, things that I've sort of done improperly to compensate for other injuries or for whatever. It's like reprogramming. Okay, look, you got to have your back has to be your, you need to put your shoulders back. You have to get your butt back when you're doing, you know, just whatever it is. Yeah. But that's what I needed because that's what's hurting myself because I was like 90% correct. But, you know, you kind of cheat a little here, you tweak a little yeah. here, and then you hurt yourself. And so that, and so it's like, it's been since like, in February or whatever, and no injuries at all, and which is you, weird. Because Phil was like, because I said, Phil, if I start working out and I said, I'm going to really get fit now, I said, what's the over-under that I injure myself to the degree that I'm out? And he's like, yeah, six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's about right. Six to eight weeks, you're out. That's it. And so um, anyway, I'm I'm down like 
12, 13 pounds, you know, so far. Nice. Well, I would be farther, except I, um, well, here's the great thing. One thing is other uh, great thing about having a trainer is I was sick for two weeks. I had a really bad chest cold that a lot of people was going around that knocked me out for two weeks. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And, and then I was back on it. Right. Cause I have training sessions. Like I'm texting yeah. back and forth, like train, like, you know, and then I, I had, and then we went to spring break for a week and there's also, I had like a injection in my back. So, so but so he you keeps the momentum. He keeps the momentum. You can't basically. quit. So yeah. as I'm saying like kind of what you're talking about, the, yeah. about the, the, the on rails, the whole point of yeah. you, you keep people on rails. It's like, okay, you're out for a week and then we're going to get back on it. You keep people checking, you know, because what happens is anybody can get going and be working out for two or three weeks. Go to any gym in January right after New Year's resolutions and everybody's doing it, yeah. right? Yeah. But as soon as life gets away, you get sick, you, so, you know, Family comes and visits for a week. Oh, it gets works me every up, time. Every yeah. time. But it's like you have to be mentally like as soon as I am able to get to the gym, my butt's at the gym back on it. And so anyway, my um, – But it sounds like you enjoy the sessions with him as well. Like he's obviously a good personality. I mean I joke around with him the whole time. I'm just like yeah. talking trash and having a good time the That's whole time. Nice. Yeah. You know, I'm like the – I'm either talking trash or bitching and complaining the whole time, which you know what else does. I'm like, this is, I'm like, dude, you can ruin any exercise. I mean, the deadlift was a perfectly good exercise, but now he makes me do it like a five second drop. Like I've spent five seconds, which is hell. Yeah. It was perfect. And now you ruined it as always. <laughs> you know, it's just a constant, just like, I'm like, let me guess 20 reps. He's like, yeah. I'm like eight, 10 reps is perfectly fine. Like, why do we have to do 20? He's like, you don't lose weight, right? I'm like, can't we do that on eight? <laughs> you know, anyway, it's just like a constant back and forth because he's just making me do all this crap that I don't want to do, that I need to do, but I hate. That's good for me, you know, that kind of stuff. But it keeps me entertained and keeps my mind off the intense pain <laughs> and exhaustion that I'm feeling. So do you me. feel like dunking is a possibility now? It's crazy, but it's, it's uh, you know, it's a possibility. I was, I was kind of thinking like, could you imagine, could I imagine turning on the TV or the internet and there's like some guy who's like, he's just, hey, I'm going to go do this crazy thing and he got a trainer, he found everything out and did it and he'd be like, God, why didn't I do that? You know, I'm like, you know what? You could be that. Maybe I could be that guy. It's just, you have to decide, I'm going to try and do this crazy ass thing and I'm going to try and do it right. And I realized the mistakes I made last time is I didn't have a trainer and I hurt myself. I figured out the right formula to get myself you know, I added like, well, like almost nine inches on my vertical. So I learned how to do it, but I didn't learn how to not hurt myself. And so he's like, because I told him, I was like, I first, I need to lose the weight. I'm going to get myself. That's what, so you, you haven't started uh, doing the explosions. Well, stuff he's yet. kind of started integrating it. Like we're starting to, he's like retraining my movement patterns and we started doing some, some jumping things and some like landing thing, like it, trying to retrain, like firing the nervous system, the quick quickness. But it's all integrated with like making me suffer so that I burn a lot of calories and lose weight. It's not like because I'm I, I'm I'm like 197 now and I need to I want to get down to at least 185 if not 175. So we got a lot of fat to burn, well, and you can't. It's hard to burn fat if you're not really. How's the neuropathy? Is that all all gone? Hasn't gone away. It's sort of there. My right. Okay. You know, it's not. You know, it's just one of those things. But um, I don't know. So he's. He's excited. I said, look, if you, if you, we could pull this off, I'm like, talk about a feather in your cap as a trainer. Like you yeah. train this broken 47 guy with like <laughs> 15 injuries. Yeah. Know. But most people don't have the kind of willpower that you, the, the will to do something like most people are just, you know, 
That's true. Or they think I want to lose 10 pounds or they just want to do a little I, bit I of I guess whatever. it's a feather in both of your caps, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, yeah. I mean, it, for me, it'd be awesome. For, so the whole point for me, though, is I'm, ha- I'm really excited to be doing it. Yeah. Like, I mean, this for me is having, being on like a vision quest. I get yeah. back in that mode, that mode I was back in 2014 where I'm just so fired up about it. Like being yeah, in that every day and like I'm in that mode again. I'm like, God, it takes hard to get to that mode. But once you're in it, you're it's just, I don't know, you have so much energy. Yeah. And you're feeling so good because like I'm making progress every day. I'm losing pound or pound and a half of fat every week, you know, and getting stronger. You're like, you know. That's awesome. What, what, what Has it affected your food? I mean, are you back on the broccoli and chicken? Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably do that like, you know, not a, you know, it's some kind of like meat and vegetables. Like, you know, you probably do that at least three to four weeks a week and a couple nights of kind of like mostly okay, you know? You know, I want to tell you, I, I got the Versa. The Fitbit oh, Versa. Oh, you saw my bit. Oh, that's is that a bit. That's Fitbit, Fitbit Versa. It's the, it's their new one. It's two hundred bucks. It oh. is amazing. So you've got the because I got the HR that you've got. But what pissed me off about that is you can't swim with it. Well, with the Versa, you can take it swimming. Right, it goes in the water. It's really, really and it's lighter than that. It's lighter than the HR, really? and it's just re- it's it's also it's tiny. So that's it's also true. got a, just a great you know like just it's just it's actually really great. The yeah. Versa, I, I really recommend it. Just the functionality of it, the way that it works, and you know, you can go ahead and like zoom in on things. What is right it? There. Has it helped change anything? I mean, it obviously, gives you insights into your body and what you're doing or not doing. Has it helped change any of your behavior? It's helped me think that I will go swimming one day. <laughs> 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 because now I've got a Fitbit that can track swimming. Actually, I'm, I definitely will because at Modern Teacher, they've they've take they've started a Fitbit challenge. You know how you can like. I don't know if you know this, but you can do, you can kind of get into a competitive group with Fitbit. I didn't know that. Yeah, you can do that. So you could with Phil if you wanted to. You know, you can kind of connect connect each other. Well, I just call him and talk trash and text him and talk <laughs> trash every day. So basically, I'm like, you, hey, pork chop, what'd you do today for workout? You know, <laughs> we've we've um, they, they, they've got it that um, I think it's three person three three person to a team like a an overachiever. A medium achiever and an underachiever. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> stuff helps, though. I mean, it does. they're like they're like rate yourself. You know, would you say that you work out? You know, zero to to two times a week, two times to four times a week, four times to seven times a week, and I'm like, I'm firmly in the A category. Zero. <laughs> I need a subcategory. Zero times a week, but has every intention to to do it at some point. So yeah, I think it's uh, I don't know how many months the challenge is for, but it's like it's overall you know heartbeat, heart, I guess heart health and um, you know uh, the number of steps and the, all the different stuff that you do, which they can track and have teams against each other. So yeah, that's good. There's um, I, so the the one the one one of the insights that it gave me was my lack of sleep. Yeah, yeah. How much? How much do you sleep a night? No, we 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 spoke about this on the on the yeah, other show. Yeah, but the update. No, you, what do you? How do you sleep a night? It, it's definitely made me aim for for more sleep. Like I really do try and get seven hours, but I I, I rarely do it. I'm I don't really get below six and a half though. Okay, that's good because I've been having a lot of nights where I get like four hours, four and a half hours, five hours. Yeah, it's just brutal. But the funny thing is, is like I don't even notice it. You know, which is good that I have this because I'm like, I mean, I know that I didn't sleep that much, but I actually am okay. Let's take a look. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's not terrible. Five, well, last week, average five hours and 42 minutes. <laughs> oh, so you had a crap night. 
Yeah, but that's because I was in Chicago and, you know, when I'm five in Chicago. Five hours and 28 minutes, four hours and 56 minutes, four hours and 21 that was minutes, Chicago. five hours and 53, four hours and 36. also I was super sick. I've, I, like, I had to... Three to, hours and 46 minutes. I'm back on track this week, as you yeah, can see. Think, well, okay, so I'm just looking at your thing. Yeah, you're not too... Nah, you're not too far off me. You're kind of the same problem I do. You have your good nights where you get like eight hours on a weekend, and then you have some crap during the week. Anyway, it's it's um it's tough though. Well, because I I get excited about building you know, know. some some nugget stuff you know. I know I get the mad I'm the you, same you way. You get dude. the madness about. You um, get excited about stuff. You wake up because you know whatever if you go to the bathroom. When you, I'm in the start... zone, I don't even notice time. Like if I if I if I'm doing one feature, I, like yeah. all of a sudden it's like one a.m. in the morning. I'm like, what? Where did the night go? You know. Yeah. Well, so what 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 screws me is that, you know, I have a software developer in Ukraine. I have to make sure he has stuff to do. And sometimes I realize, oh, crap. Like, he probably ran through his issues. I have a bunch of whole new stuff, and I have to really think through what I want him to do and what can I explain to him in relatively brief terms that he can get started and have keep him busy for the day and hit him up entering all these issues into GitHub, and then it's, like, 1230. And then I can't shut down, you know? I mean, like, Sandy goes to bed at 1030. I jump on, and I'm, I'm working until I'm sitting in bed with my laptop doing stuff until 12 or 12.30, and then, you know, it's 1, 1.30 time before I go to sleep, and then I wake up at 6 a.m. Because, you know, whatever. But anyway, um, so I should talk about a little about the... Uh, Math Academy. I was, trying, so, to, I was yeah. trying to get, I was trying to lead there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, well, well, first of all, you know, I want to talk about the software. Since we're talking about the software that mm -hmm. powers it. So I now have 20 content developers. Wow, one T. That's crazy. Yeah, and and and, that, and not including Alex, who's the director of content. Mm -hmm. And then I have a full time software develop, a so, full time software developer. So that's getting pretty expensive, mm -hmm. as you can imagine. I mean, even if you're paying 10, 12, 15 bucks an hour, and people working 10, 15 hours a week, yeah, times twenty, it starts getting up there. Mm -hmm. and then I get it, and the software developer is forty hours a week, right? You know, and he's and Alex is. 40 hours a week, right? 40 hours a week, yeah. So, but we're creating a huge amount of content. You know, we, I th we're on target for July to have 25,000 questions and 1,000 tutorials. And, you know, for, so that's, 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 you know, it's a bit. But, so, and part of the thing that I'm having to do is build a bunch of, build a bunch of technology within the software to facilitate all this. Mm -hmm. Because... It's, you know, I, every time I talk to Alex, I'll be like, okay, so, all right, what are you spending your time on? What are you doing repetitive? What, you have what's to build a machine that builds a machine. Yeah, and you kind of have to, you can't do too cut into it, but you have to constantly tech enable stuff because otherwise, you know, it's like he's burning four hours a day doing something that could, if, if, if the software allowed for it, could take 20 minutes or other people could be doing it. But you'd still be, pay yeah, that, that makes sense. It just gets you going faster. It doesn't save you money, right? Because right. he's still going to be doing 40 hours a week one that's, way or another. That's yeah. right. But you could be getting a lot more done. Like, for instance, a lot of higher quality stuff. So I built, we built this uh, fully full, uh, comprehensive, like, uh, co commenting system. Nice. So, like, you know, 20 content developers, and they can come and say, hey, you know, I think we need more questions like this. I think this needs to be changed to, you know, and you can upvote and downvote and thread it and everything. I mean, it basically replicates everything that's like in Discuss or something. Mm -hmm. But they are on a per topic basis and then they can get pulled up into 
modules and everything and see every which way and then you can archive them so they go away once it's been dealt with and all these kinds of stuff so it's not just it's not just commenting it's almost like a tick like ticketing as well at the same we time we also have yeah. that that we're in the process we build a first version we gotta upgrade it but so here's the reason one of the reasons that you that we couldn't just say well why don't you just get some modules because there's a lot of ways it has to integrate with all the different pieces but so i'm doing nugget i mean it's a, yeah. i'm a great believer in that like i really am a great believer that you 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 hugely um leverage and maximize if you build these systems in an integrated way yeah yeah, yeah. and um the, for instance all of the text you know for there's a comment a task a tutorial an exp a question explanation has to support uh, math jacks or re equation rendering mm -hmm. it has to support um markdown it has to support um a dynamic generation of graphics on the server so we you can create like this little document where you specify we can say you know, there's a there's a a LaTeX kind of uh, I don't know library subsystem for drawing these elaborate mathematical graphics. It can look like anything, and, and it has to be encapsulated in in where it's supposed to be, the right, right place. You can't go out somewhere and do it. It's just, yeah. it's just to be too much pain. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to be in yeah. there and to be like, oh, I'm going to copy. I have a, a graph, but I'm like guys, you see how you're making your graphs? You, you should, really should be like this. So when you're trying to illustrate a point back and forth to other content developers, and you're talking about equations and graphs and stuff, you need to be able to talk about those things by look the graph should look like this and you see how the convergence works like this or you see in the equation they have to do it. If they can't do it they can't really you can't really uh, uh, communicate what it is you need to communicate it's a, but that's a, that's a great engine for for tutors you know on the system like in the future yeah you've got that engine there so we have yeah so building all that out and then i mean the i mean there's just so you have the students you need to support them. All the things, that the tools that need to support them. You know, all the stuff that you're trying to support people through. It's like, where, what, you know, how have you done in previous assignments? Where are you weak and strong? Who's your cohort? What do you want to work on? You know, it just there's a million things you want to be able to do, right? To make that a self-directed process where they can do what they want, work on what they want, and see how they've done, and, did it, and see how their friends are doing, and all that kind of stuff. Gamify it in all these different ways. Then you got structures. Creating assignments, looking at previous assignments, how are people doing on this, communicating with the students, you know, being able to pull the data out easily to get great their grades over a certain period. I mean, adding students, I mean, just, you can imagine all the grade book functionality, all the student management functionality, mm -hmm. all of the, you know, that's really complex. And then... So you're building a grade book? Oh, that'll be in it, sure, too. Of course. Yeah. 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 And then you have um, content developers, writing tutorials, editing tutorials. You know, writing questions, submitting them, accepting them, commenting on them, you know, uh, rearranging them. Um, uh, you have to have, um, uh, and then you have to have, like, for content, uh, for a director, you have to have statistics on who's created what, and what's been created, and aggregating all the comments and feedback, and what's, I mean, it's just a lot of people, a lot of different <laughs> parties have a lot of things they need to do, and everything has to work together. Mm-hmm. So I've I've just I've pretty much decided that I'm going to uh, raise some money and mm. and actually try and raise I know somewhere between you know friends and family like a quarter million to three quarters of a million mm -hmm. because it's just like I'm I'm paying like geez, I mean I don't know a lot God I don't even want to think about it twenty grand a month fifteen twenty grand a month that's a that's a that's a real a real burn right it's a real real operation and yeah. we need more I mean we need more software development expertise. I mean, there's only so much that I can do. And, um, and my the developer I'm using now is more of a, he's one of those guys that's like, 
I mean, if you, if you sent him screenshots, he could do it, but I couldn't. It's not like I said, hey, Justin, could you like kind of make do something like this and you come up with some kind of slick way of doing it? Mm-hmm. He's just like, he's, it, he's like most. He's not, he doesn't have the UX. He's not a UX. User experience specialist. He's not a UX, UI product person. Yeah. That's a whole different skill set. Because he could say he's a full stack developer means he knows React or something. It means you could throw him some screenshots and he can hook everything up, and make it work. But he's not gonna say like, "Oh, really? You know, well, this should slide in, and really, this should." You know, he's can't do that. It's a lot of effort to think about, and you can't think about all that stuff. The because... problem is if I don't have and I don't have a lot of time, if I can't specify this thing, then I have to do it. And so, what I really need is I need somebody like that. But I don't know uh, where you're going to find that. No, just just you know, it's a big world out there. Yeah, I mean, there. it's great. It, it be, you you can probably find that. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm always amazed when I when I meet people who can do that kind of stuff. Um, very few people can. Yeah, but um, and plus, I, one thing we, we lost a couple people, you know, because I hired all these people, all um, most of these people through Upwork. Okay? Yeah. The problem with that is they're just contractors. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes along and says, "Hey, you know, we'll pay you." You know, because they can they can be working at a certain rate with us, and say I'm paying the person fifteen bucks an hour, and then all of a sudden um, they say, hey, my rate's 50, twenty bucks an hour, and someone says hits that hits that offer, then they're gone. What, they're gone. And we've lost a couple of really good people. What's that the way. Ins- institutional knowledge cost for that? Yeah, kind of thing? let me explain something. So in the, when we it happens, it's not like they come to us and say, hey guys, you know, someone offered more. If you can match it, I'll stay with you. They what they start doing is start working on that one part of the time. And they start spending more and more time, and they start making. All of a sudden, we notice after a few weeks, like lots of stuff getting done, and I was responsive, and so it's a lot of ill will and distrust starts to be created. And then you're like, "What is going on?" And then you realize they've been lying to you and kind of BSing you, and so now it's like, "Screw them! We can't work with them because we don't trust them anymore." And mm-hmm. you know, if someone if someone came to you and said, "Hey, listen, guys," you know, but they don't tend to do that. And so what I want to do is create a situation where I can give people options and say, "Look, here's what we're creating." This is going to be a valuable thing, you know. That you know, once you have some skin in the game, you know, if someone comes here and wants to pay two bucks more an hour, it's not—it's not going to be a smart choice for you, you know. I mean, I can't, I, you know, I can't overpay people, but at least if we can give them a reason to say, look, you know. But that's one of the reasons I and I, of course I need to give Alex, who's the director of content, is just. A, I'll be really curious um, to hear what you know how the legalities of. Um, offering options to people in other countries, it works out. Because I don't really know anything about that, and I'd love to hear, you know, once yeah. you've done your research. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. So we have to figure that out. But but also, I need I need to offer some upside to Alex. I mean, he's just an absolute he's, he's a, a rock star guy. Oh, rock star. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's a rock. You know, and it's like, I want him around for the next, you know, five to ten years or whatever. You know, you want someone around. And I think it's a great fit for him. I don't think he's going anywhere because he's having a really good time. He's mm-hmm. he, he's, a, he's a PhD in math, so he'll be able to think about math and create this stuff and have all this control over it and be able to manage and hire people. Because I give all that – I'm like, I'm like, it's your team. Okay? You want to hire people, you want to fire them, you want to do them, you figure out – you know, you negotiate with them, you deal with it. You know, but I'm going to come to you and say, we need to do X, Y, and Z and get these things done. And I'll t- I, don't, I haven't had given a hard-line budget, but I'm going to say, okay, here's the budget. Do what you want to do. But now we're transitioning the period of, because we have 20 people and it's too much for him to stay on top of and we're going to start creating teams out of it with editor, like if an editor who has like a team of, you know, four, let's say, content developers. I'm kind of curious, like what you're, you know, why you're doing friends and family and, and not just, you know, kind of cutting out the middleman and just going straight for, you know, a, a, like a couple of million. Um. Usually that's really you got to have some traction, some customers, and 
I think it usually works out better if you. I mean, but I mean, I, you've got a lot, a lot of weight behind you. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, in fairness, like like you you you're like in what seven schools in the district. I mean, you've 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 achieved the kind of things that investors basically go, oh yeah, yeah, this this is the real deal. <laughs> it's it's possible. I could. I I have about a half dozen people I know who are you know well healed and wouldn't give them a chance really really supportive and really excited about this and have said hey listen jason if you ever need my phone please talk to me i'd be really love to oh yeah i know for a sh- i mean i know, i don't doubt oh. that you could get could get that so I mean, yeah you know if, if i if i um so anyway but that's the big thing is whether and so i think i'm going to skip the um but so the question is this is funny i was just talking to some of my board members who might be both interested and i said look i don't want to any pressure on you said you guys are interested so i'm just want to ask your advice what do you think about an llc versus a c-corp and and they were both like you know i just skip it and go to a c-corp because if you're ultimately going to try and raise real money but i said i what i don't do is i don't want to create a company and then flip it in seven years to pearson and mcgraw hill that's not what i want to do i'm not spending putting all this blood sweat and tears in this to have this thing warehoused and be an asset in somebody's you know ledger this is going to so we i want to make a valuable private company is what I want. And I want it with dividends. You guys can make money, but we're not we're not gonna be like this what happened with some of these good companies. They go, they get sold, the top people leave, and then you have some manager get stuck money running it and nobody has any vision or passion for it, and it just gets I mean, they, shelved. Make, make a company that makes money. It it's such an interesting, you know, it's funny that we're both in this space and it's such an interesting space, like you don't really get billion dollar tech companies in this space. Like for example, who who was it? Edmodo, Ed mm-hmm. Edmodo, which is it's huge. I mean, it's it's by all accounts, by Silicon Valley accounts, it's like wow, the numbers, the take up, all the different things. I think they sold for a hundred million. You know, um, if that if that was something like <clears throat> Snapchat or whatever, that would be like a billion dollar acquisition. You know, um, so well, it's, Duolingo it's, is a unicorn. It's it's not the it's not the same frothy space. I mean, for sure you you of anyone could create like a oh, unicorn in, <laughs> in any space oh wow well, but know, i'm just saying that. like it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing you know of yeah a space. well it's i've just <clears throat> it's not frothy yeah you know well that's, that's what i think is because it's a, it's education is always a it's a big a lot of people pay for this you know and not i'm not just saying for school districts but you can you know we'll start off selling straight to consumer so you want to learn algebra or trigonometry mm. or whatever and, you know, start building up there. And then once we will go into districts and whatever. But, um, you know. So I was, te- I, you know, when I was in Chicago, I was talking to our president about it. And, you know, we're in like, 50, I think it's 50 to 70 school districts at this yeah. point. I was telling him like a, a lot more detail about what you guys are doing. And um, he was like, yes, I want to be connected. I want to have a conversation. Oh, I want to I want to talk to Jason. I want to really learn about this. It sounds really interesting. So this yeah. summer is, so once, once school's out and I yeah. can actually, and, and then, uh, so June is when I'm going to really, so <coughs> we have Solve coming up in two weeks. Mm-hmm. We have the BCAP exam on the 15th and I'm trying, pr- and I'm, cr- you know, working to prep the kids for that. And then I have uh, the, then we have a summer program. I think I told you about, we got an NSF grant. We're going to run a summer program at Caltech for our math academy kids. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother story. But um, I've been working my butt off just trying to get all this crap together. Plus just running the program. 
And then I get, I'm going flying to Chicago the first weekend, like June 1st, right around for four days for my 25th college reunion. Mm. I can't believe that. 25th college reunion. That's mm. insane. Anyway, so when I get back from that, that's what's like, well, okay, well, now it's full good... force. It's full force time to work on the. Maybe we could connect you when you're in Chicago. Does he live in Chicago? Yeah. I thought he was in Denver. Uh, no, that's the CEO. Oh. Yeah. Pre- president is regularly in Chicago. I, he's, if he, I think he lives like, you know, 40 minutes driveway. Maybe we should watch it. Check with Sandy. I don't want to get in trouble with the wife on that one. You know, this is, we're taking the kids up and we're going oh, to be got visiting it, got friends. It, yeah. I don't know if me disappearing to go meet to have a business meeting would be the... Yeah. She'd be super excited about that. I mean, maybe not. We'll see. But, 50 school districts. Yeah, no, look, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, like, and, and, you know, a pretty major thought leader in, in the space. Yeah, no, I, that would be... What's funny, I was listening to an interview with a guy... Oh, God, what's his name? Da, Des Trainer, I think. It was like a... That was great. And um, actually, you know, he was saying some things really interesting, but there actually was a guy who started, it was one of the, it was like the CEO of like Yammer and like a couple other things. Oh, Skype, Yammer and Skype. The guy who started uh, no, Skype he, moved on to Yammer. No, this, I don't know if it's the same guy because he did Yammer and then I think he did, um, what's the Zen? Um, Zen Zenefits. Zenefits. And a couple of them. Anyway, yeah. one thing I was talking about in the interview, which was really great is like, for all these companies, they didn't just innovate on the technology. They said, you have to innovate on distribution. You have to figure out how to get, you know, so Yammer had a clever model. I think PayPal was like a PayPal first. So it's like how they innovated on distribution. So you really have to like, you know, you can do all the things that people think you have to do, but you have to come up with something really clever. Yeah. And, um, you know, so thinking about how you're going to get, you know, how are you going to get out there in front of people as opposed to just spending an arm and a leg on yeah. advertising is one of the keys to success. So anyway, I'm so Sandy is really pushing me not to teach next year. She's like, you're done putting you on the bench. <laughs> you need to focus purely on this company. Anyway, so the, the thing is, like I said, Sandy's trying to convince me to not teach next year. I teach two courses this year and it eats up a lot of time preparing. Not only teaching every day. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, you get a lot of time preparing. The class. It's not just teaching the class, it's preparing for the class. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I may teach one class um, just because I really enjoy it. Let me guess, is Colby in that class? No, I'm out. Oh, for, oh So okay. the program for the ninth graders, well, that's one of the things I want to talk about is the eighth graders, of course, will be going to ninth graders next year, and they're going to Pasadena High School. So we're finally moving into a high school situation. And so we're in the process of hiring another PhD instructor. We got, you know, so we're, he, it isn't set yet, but it's like the, it's, we're, we're in the process of HR kind of finalizing everything. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a whole thing. I mean, we, I don't have to go on it, but spent a number of months recruiting these people and flying them out from around the country and interviewing them and giving them demo lessons. And it was just a whole big thing. So I, I ranged like basically 90% of that. So it was a big, yeah, yeah big very, deal. very time yeah. consuming, you know, not like, yeah, not like, yeah. So, um, but that's going to be interesting next year. So we'll have, uh, they'll be doing like college level, true college level math, not just calculus. We'll be doing vector analysis and linear algebra and combinatorics as freshmen. Um, and then we have a whole new crop of sixth graders come in. This is the first one we recruited all the kids throughout the district. And so we're gonna have, you know, I don't know, somewhere in the 40 to 45 range kids. We have 35 this year. And mm-hmm. we've raised the bar on the qualification standards, you know, um, because we had a bigger pool to select from. How many people are going to be in Solve? I think I think Sandy has something like sixty or sixty-five. 
Mm. Um, so that's because that's from two. That's from all your classes. Yeah, yeah. So it isn't that much bigger than last year because remember last year we had a fifth grade. We yeah. started with it. We don't fifth grade anymore, but so it starts. It'll be sixth, seventh, and eighth. Um, yeah. It'll be a little bigger than last year. But, okay. Um, but yeah. So, um, but so, and then the other th- other thing I was mentioned earlier, and, I, and I'll just kind of just get leverage just a little bit, is we have a summer program that has mm. that has been really a pain in my butt because there was this mathematician who's a colleague of Horan's, the other mathematician instructor, and he said, "Hey, you know, I got." I got some money left over from an NSF grant that I can that I need to redirect to some kind of, or for some earmarked for community outreach. And I think I could redirect it to you guys. Would you guys like to do a summer program? And we met with him. I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be awesome. And so, so all I do is find an instructor. And he's like, well, I think I know some people, and I know some people will get an instructor. We'll have two separate classes. We'll have one for the current sixth graders and one for the seventh and eighth. They'll be combined, and it'd be like one on like cryptography or the mathematics of cryptography, which mm-hmm. is basically number theory. Yeah. Um, and number theory would be the mathematics of prime numbers. And then uh, the other class would be coding theory, which is the mathematics of messages. So when you send a message and there's noise, how do you know if the message is correct and how do you correct it? And error correcting codes and a lot of mathematics with that. Um, so I was like, okay. So I had to find space over at Caltech, and that was not easy. And then I had to—I didn't, I didn't have to find it at Caltech, but I wanted to at Caltech because that was yeah. like a really cool place. But the other problem was finding instructors. Turns out, all the mathematicians, everybody I talked to. They had other things to do during the summer. Vacation. Everybody's off. Yeah. You know, or the wife put the kiboshes. The, the, the guy was like interested and says, ah, you know, my wife said that, you know, she wants me doing something else this summer. So, yeah. Then other than teaching. So, um, anyway, finally found a couple instructors that are both going to be really, really good. But that was just like, one of those things you can, you, you agree to. And then it just turns out to this hanging over your head. Pain but, in the it, but it worked out in the end. It's all good. I think it's, I think instructors are great. And, um, you know, it, the classes start to middle of June, and I'm sort of working with them and preparing them. Is, like, is Colby going on? He'll be part of the, the older yeah. class. So now I'm going to be working with them on preparing, like, what they're going to teach and how they're going to teach it and how they're going to structure the class and just so that it's delivered in the right way. Yeah. You know, you can't lecture. You need to have handouts and things for them to work on. It needs to be more project-based. It probably should be more of a discovery-based learning because you don't really have to rush through it because you're not learning this content for some kind of a test. It's just for fun. Mm-hmm. So, But it should be, you know, I mean, this is the summer. So it needs to be fun. So it needs to be built around projects, even competitions, challenges, whatever. So anyway, my plate has been really full, so I'm just kind of like dying for the summer because, oh, on top of that, I'm, pre- I'm trying to prepare my kids for the, um, for the uh, AP exam. So it's twice a week after school for like two hours. And it's like, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to, so I want them to peak like athletes. I want them to peak on May 15th. Like how do we get all the stuff information in your head so that you won't forget any of it? <laughs> because, yeah. you know, you, you, it's like you cover stuff and like, no, and then three weeks later, they're like, Oh, right. How did that work? I'm like, nah, no, <laughs> like guys. Oh, I remember. I you remember know? it well. Yeah. So, um, I'm just like, and then of course all the, you know, working on the content and the software. And what the happened with the, with the documentary? That's still going. So, so I, I get, you know, we have the film crew following me around and Sandy or Sandy and I around whenever we meet with people or do things, they're there all the time. But you know? do you, did you get, they, they didn't get funding for it? So they're just... No, they're kind of doing their own. They, ha- they haven't gotten any grants, unfortunately. They, so how, how, how often do, they, do you get followed around? Oh, I don't know. Could be two or three times in a week. Could be 
once every two weeks. It just kind of depends on how busy things They're just going to have their own documentary, and like they're, they're basically funding it themselves. And Unfortunately, they have, what we're going to do is we're going to pay them for two shorter, like, you know, short films, two, three minutes. Like, one would be um, Math Academy, kind of at a glance. Yeah. Kind of like, what is Math Academy on the front page? Because we have a solve highlight reel, but that doesn't really tell the story of Math Academy yeah. so well. Yeah. And the second would be a day in the life of a Math Academy student. Yeah, nice. You know, so they really understand what it's like. And, you know, because, you know, when you're trying to promote the program, either to parents or the districts, it's just, you want them to be able to look at it and get their head around what well, this Well, that's right. I mean, that's basically promoting it at scale rather than having Jason in the room having to sell it to, like, 20 people. No, it's just... Yeah. Well, luckily, we had an article written about us um, from... Um, by the... It was in the Outlook. I don't know if I sent it to you or not, but... The uh, the writers, I think she used to write for Reuters or AP, and she was amazing. So she met with Sana for like two, three hours and, you know, recorded the interview and took a bunch of notes. And then it was like the best, like, over, like it just so clearly and succinctly summarized what we're doing, why we're doing it, how it works. Well, send history. me a link to that. Yes, great. So anyone wants to know that, like, read this first. Yeah. Like, I can talk to you for two hours or you can just read this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you can ask me a few odd man questions, but this says the whole thing. Yeah, that'd be really useful. Yeah. Yeah. So um anyway, so that's that's basically what's going on at Math Academy. Everything's going well. Um everything's firing on all cylinders. Now it's just now it's just executing through the end of the year, solve and the day P exam and hiring that guy and you know <laughs> it's, it's just, work. It's That's work. the problem when you when you ha- you, you know when you want to be an entrepreneur you have to do work. Yeah, creating stuff you don't just get to create it and walk away. You just you got to keep pushing and pushing. So what and pushing. I see a nugget all the time is people just want to just be part of that beginning part, but then as soon as this kind of work that we're talking about comes in, they don't they can't stick with it. Well, They'll move why, on to a new idea. You know? Well, that is why, and we've talked about you have to do something, or you really, really should do something that you would do even if no one paid you. Yeah, exactly. You have to give a shit about it, which it's is like one com- of the... It's hard to compete against somebody yeah, who's doing it yeah. because... Because they really want to well, do not it. Not because, oh, we can do this and make some money. It's just so hard it's, to maintain that It's enthusiasm. strangely hard to convince people of that. And I've tried convincing hundreds of them. Like, oh, just, they just think it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I've done it a few times. I mean, I, I did a number of times myself where I did stuff, and I was like, it was a kind of a fun idea, kind of a cool idea, and I thought, I'll do this, and then just, you can't stick with it. You just, you get distracted. As soon as you, as soon as it gets hard or depressing where you think, ah, you know, this problem's getting more difficult than I thought, or, you know, you don't make, you don't get the uptake that you think, whatever it is, you just start losing momentum. But if it's something that you just like, this has to exist. But it's just, it, it, it's also the best way to um, to create the idea in the first place, when I think of the people I know who are successful, like who, who are really being, like really enjoying what they're doing, like you, me, Georgie, um, and some other people, basically, they're ju- the idea came from their personality. It's almost like it's just... It's willed into existence because it's just so what they're into. Well, that's why I liked you doing Nugget because I was like, okay, well, this is, you're just like, you're constantly talking about startups and helping entrepreneurs. I'm like, all right, well, good, do that. You know, like do that. Instead of trying to pick a startup, so, just so, do them, be more meta about it. So, so you know, these days when I talk to entrepreneurs, I, I start talking to them. I start, I start saying things like, what is the, 
what is the, the the crowning achievement of your life? What what's what kind of thing did you really enjoy? Tell me about the hobbies that you do. Like of the hobbies, what's your favorite? What was the happiest thing that happened to you in those hobbies? And like there's what there's one guy who I'm talking to who, who who's doing who's kind of following all sorts of weird ideas, but when I talk to him that way, he really loves being a maker, you know? And I'm like, let's just kind of focus in on that. Like, you love being a maker. You love making quadcopters from scratch. What do you wish like, existed? What do you wish was better? <laughs> yeah. You know, what does not exist, you know? And, uh, you know, it's like... Like, how, yeah, exactly. What, what, could you, what, could you, what could you sell to other makers? Because here's another thing. When you're marketing to people like you, because you're on the same wavelength, it's just a million times easier. Like, you hang out at the same places already. You well, know you, how they you think. You have that enthusiasm. You have that. You you can't hide it. You you selling is just you don't you don't have to go out and sell. You just talk about what you're excited about. Well, and that becomes your and then you and you start selling naturally. Well, I, I guess yeah. No, I totally agree with that. But what I'm saying is, if you sell to people like you, like yeah, if, just, if you just yeah. basically sell to people like you, it makes it a million times easier because you are on the exact same wavelength as them. You're already hanging out with them. They're all around you because you hang out with people who are like you normally, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I think, I think, you know, your passion, your peer group, all those things should really highly factor into whatever you decide to do, you know, whatever business you decide to make. That's why Nugget is perfect for me. Like, yeah. it doesn't really matter that whether it makes no money, you know? You just want to do it anyway. You're happy. Yeah, exactly. I want to help. Well, you'll, you'll, I, I want to I I understand how to get to that point where I've got a button that I click and it makes someone successful. And I'm I'm not going to give up until I can get to that place. Well, that's well, that's what makes it hard to compete against you, right? <laughs> Remember that guy who came out and he came out with like a nugget competitor, the idea thing, right? And uh, he, I do. And you got you've, you stay kind of friends with him. Uh, he's, he's complete. I mean, he's does he's like dropped that a hundred percent. But that that's a really interesting thing that you say that because I think a really great idea is to copy is to clone another person's business. But it has to be a successful business. You can't clone something that's a good idea. You have to clone something that's really successful. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, the thing is, it's stupid to clone something that sounds like a good idea, but has there's no evidence yet that there's it's making no evidence. money. Just exactly. Yeah. Clone something that's working. Clone something that's working. You know, and that's, we've got a few Nugget that. members who've done that and who are doing, like, you know, twenty thousand a month type thing. You know, yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's sort of the best. Just like go and compete because everybody's so worried. Like, well, there's competitors in there. I mean, we we've had this old old conversation, but you just can't be. You know, that just there's money there. I mean, it's people are going to pay. Yeah. You know, the market's validated, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, um, yeah, you don't want to compete against somebody who's just like on a vision quest. You know, who's just like <laughs> I'm going just going to exist and what pays me or not. You're just like, oh shit, that's what I They're going to outwork you. They're just going to outwork you. They're going to grind you because you're going to you're going to give up in three months if you're not making some amount of money. I, you know, I I wonder about Elon Musk versus Jeff Bezos in the space race. Well, Jeff Jeff Bezos has been fascinating with space since since um, college. He was. He that, that, was that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I wonder, like, you, because what you're what you're talking about is two people who are on a vision quest uh, uh, for the same thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know a whole lot. Is it with Blue Origins or something? Somebody called yeah. it. I you know I don't really know how far along they're. They're clearly not nearly as far along as SpaceX. Well, but... they, I, I think they I think they not uh, I think they are very far. I mean, I think they're really doing really well i just think that they're, they're not launching they're much rockets. less they're much less like telling the world about it but are they, they're not launching rockets yet are they oh i think they have yeah i think so yeah really I, not only that i think they've they've launched rockets they've landed rockets the same as tesla really i think so are you yeah sure about that? I, I i i would be 85 percent uh 
They've yeah. landed vertically landed I think a, so. a reusable yeah. rocket. I don't I, think anyone's done that except for SpaceX. I, I see. I may be wrong. I may Let be me wrong. check. Might here. be worth it. Let me check. I. I'm calling bullshit I've, on that. I've, I've got a feeling that they did it before SpaceX, but it was oh, on, a, no way. on a much smaller craft, on a much smaller craft that couldn't take payloads into space. Okay. So I think that's what the issue was, you know? All right, maybe. Okay, yeah, they reflew the same New Shepard booster that launched and landed vertically, okay? Demonstrating reuse. Okay, so we're right about that. But they're suborbital, so they're smaller. There's, there's genuine competition there between those two, like they're... Okay. Yeah. Well, great. I mean, that's that's good. You know, I mean, I don't think, I don't think Elon Musk cares about that kind of competition. He's trying to get. No, he. I, I would say he encourages that kind of competition. Please, you know. He's he's. That's why he's like you know. And with the electric car thing, yeah, he knows yeah. we need an ecosystem. You want. Yeah. So um, yeah, but they're both, and they've both been dreaming about this their life. Like, this is like their fantasy to do this kind of stuff. So. What What do you think about um? Musk and what and what's going on with Tesla and you know? Oh, uh, what? What you mean that the production delays? And stuff? Yeah, the production de delays and like everyone coming down on. I mean, it's it's like not like nothing new to him anyway, is it? But it's um, it seems it seems like I don't know. What I what I feel like is he got to a point where he kind of all there was this point where all the people in the you know the, the standard car industry people they were like no 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 it's bullshit bullshit no never get anywhere never get anywhere then he won them over and, and they're like huh wow that really is interesting he's really gonna get he's really gonna do something and now they've all gone actually you know what yeah it's not gonna work <laughs> yeah I, I think people i mean the, i read this really interesting article that was talking about how they tried to automate too much. And if you over automate, it becomes more expensive and less efficient. So because, you know, but if you back it down, you say, okay, like, let's say you automate the first 90% and then the last 10% you leave for sort of the expert craftsman to kind of do the fine tuning of the things or whatever. The 80-20 rule, right? Yeah, something like that. They were talking about the Jap, they did this a big study the Japanese did and they found that when you try and go the whole 100%, that's when you run into all kinds of problems. And I think... And the, and the article seemed to indicate that that's what Musk had tried to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then they were running the same kind of problems. So I don't know. I mean... That's a lesson for him. It might have been. I mean, you know, again, in all these things is the devil's in the details and who knows how accurate this thing is. But the, the, the article seemed pretty... Um, it sounded like it wasn't just like a blog post. Was that like the one where they were talking about him sleeping on the factory floor? Well, they all talk about like that. Right, okay. So, yeah. but... Um, that, that might, I mean, it's just growing pains and learn, lessons learned. I mean... Musk has not given up, no. right? There's demand for his cars, you know? Yeah, so there'll be naysayers and investors who are going to want to be like, ah, see, we told you so. But he's not going to go anywhere. He's not giving up. He's a smart guy. He has a market. He has financing. He's not going to lose. I mean, he may have, he's going to hit some, you know, some bumps along the well, way. Well, you and say he has financing, but I, you know, from what I've read, like that's not a hundred percent given, you know, like I think well, he, he, I think it's, I don't think he can just like snap his fingers and have the financing he needs. I think there's, there's effort involved there. You that's know? true. I, I mean, I just, I mean, look, I, I mean, I don't know a lot of the details, so you can probably dismiss some of the stuff that I'm saying is just, you know, BS, but I, I don't think, I think just knowing who he is, Knowing the kind of mind share he has, um, knowing his intelligence, his his work ethic, his um, 
he is not going to give up on this. So I think, you know, like a lot of times he oversells stuff in the beginning. He underestimates some of the difficulties, but then he still wins and he wins. He ultimately gets there. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, it was a year and a half late. Okay. Yeah. Some investors and, you know, the quarter by quarter estimates that analysts like to do and they get all pissed because you said you're going to do this and that's so we're going to sell the stock short and see, we told you so. Yeah, that's that's some of the problems with Wall Street. It's 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 very short term thinking. It's quarter to quarter thinking, and do you still own your Tesla shares? Yeah, uh, you know we don't owe all because remember I sold some to invest yeah. in Eli, um, not Eli, to to invest in uh, Ma- uh, MV Code Club. MV Code Club, yeah. However, um, we definitely own a still fair number, and yeah, you know. Nice. Danny keeps an eye on it. <laughs> do you still? Own- he keeps an eye on uh, Bitcoin, and do you Tesla. still own your OMG? I do. Well, I bought it because of you, <laughs> and I was laughing to myself the other day. Like, any more good ideas? No, it's. <laughs> did you see? Did you see that OMG is back up? What's it at? Eighteen thousand? It's no. That, well, that's that's. I mean, that, that's a number that you shouldn't mention. But it's fifteen fifteen dollars uh, forty cents. Okay, so I'm still only at a slight loss, I think. Right? Yeah. What did I buy it at? You bought. I. I you bought one Bitcoin for six hundred and forty of them. So I, I don't know what you bought at. But I, th- I think you bought around this price point. Yeah, okay. So I think you bought idea. around this price point. But it's it's highly correlated with the price of Bitcoin. So when Bitcoin mm-hmm. crashed, it crashed. And Bitcoin's going back up, it's going back up. Well, they've also... Like most of crypto part, part of the reason why it's doing well right now as well is because they've re- they've released a second part of a roadmap. They've hit some they've hit some milestones. So people are going, oh, yeah. Kind of like, oh, yeah. I think they are doing what they're saying. They just, they just said, it, said something really interesting, which is they're going to buy, you know, from from the list of um, exchanges, cryptocurrency exchanges, they're going to buy like six to ten of them, and they're going to use those to give themselves like a a test harness to have a crap load of um, uh, like transactions happening in lots of different currencies that they can run on their decks. Interesting. So, well, yeah, yeah. I don't know much. I don't have the time to research it, and I literally yeah. just bought it because you would not stop. <laughs> texting and <laughs> skyping me about oh, it you were gonna be it's you read were gonna this, be read this oh god i'm like no, oh what, my god I lo- like so what was so funny was you know when it went down like it was like you know seven bucks or something and you just you texted me and you're like what do you think now you know <laughs> it's like well look at you said said next time you got any advice you know just let me know if i want to lose money you you are just my favorite guy for losing money you know if i ever have too much money I'm just going to text you. Did I ever do that? Did I, did I <laughs> That's do that? what you said. I, I so you said. You said, you know what? If you if if I ever have too much money, I'm definitely going to ask your investment <laughs> advice again. <laughs> uh, I don't. I threatening to make that kind of, but I don't remember actually saying that. I, but I definitely was telling Phil. I said, look. I said, you know, Justin has been reading up on this. He's totally all go. He's all systems go on it. He's trying to convince me. I'm like, all right, fine. If I invest, he will quit trying to sell me on it, which would be nice. And <laughs> if it loses, I can tease him about this for the rest of his life, <laughs> which right. is probably worth that amount of money. I'll, I'll well, take that. It, well, I, I don't think it's going to lose. But the, 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 point, the, the check-in points at the end of this year and the end of next year, that's, okay. the, that's the, the time we care about it. So they have some milestones. That yeah, those, that's the real milestones, yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, that's funny. Oh, so I want to give a quick update on MV Code Club. Yeah, I'd love so to So we that, opened yeah. up a new club. Great. So, so what, in, is this number four, number five? It is number, I think, well, it's, uh, we have one, we have five actual full-time locations and one sort of what we call pop-up locations. So, six, so five and a half, you know. And this one's down in uh, San Mateo. I think the last time we spoke to you, you'd opened up three. So you've missed out two. 
No. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so when you say Maybe we opened just, up a new club, I mean, I'd be you good mean we've opened up three new clubs. I'm probably having counting problems. So we have Mill Valley, Green Bray, Redwood City, San Francisco, San Mateo. Nice. And then uh, this other five. one. That's five. And this other one is, um, geez, I don't know, somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where it is, like Oakland. I don't so know that was a good investment then. I think so. You know, it's interesting because, you know, Doug and I, we talk every couple weeks. Um, that's one of the best things about investing in is that I get to talk with my friend about something with substance as opposed to yeah. just catching up, which is, which is great. He like I said, I went to college with Doug. Great guy. Um, you know, funny and smart and, you know, he's just solid guy. And, um, and so it, it's funny. We were looking at raising money because I've had everyone's people who said, you know, I think might be interested. And he's like, the problem is. No amount, any amount of money we raise right now, we can't necessarily put it to use in a way that's going to really help us too much. Like, we can't open more than so many clubs than we can. We just don't have the capacity for it. And because we just, we're still figuring things out. And secondly, we're not going to get a great valuation that's going to be reflective of what this thing can be just because of the nature of the business. And it's like, so what he ended up doing is he ended up, he, we were pay, he was paying himself a salary I don't remember what it was. I mean, it wasn't huge, like a hundred or hundred fifty thousand or something like that. But it wasn't enough for you know living in Mill Valley is outside of San Francisco. It's expensive, and he you has know, two kids and a wife, and you know it's like. I mean, it's hard to live in that area, raise a family, and you know, I think he's paying like a hundred. But what he realized is that we was really choking off our air supply. That hundred thousand dollars a year was was would open a club a year right there, mm-hmm. and every club within eighteen months is at. Is not well, we're usually at capacity erect within like nine to 12 months or something, and then within 18, we've paid back the original investment and it's just generating money. So it's like miners generating more miners. So it's like, like Monopoly, yeah. So if if we just if he so he took a job as a like a VP of engineering or CTO, I can't remember what is it at this tech company in San Francisco, mm. pay himself a lot high, much more money. Um, and we just, um, they, promoted and they don't mind him running this. No, he doesn't because he promoted. Um, we promoted uh, Kate, who was the like, she was like part time or something, and she was like head of. She would like run the marketing and stuff, but she was really, I think, one of these very capable, mm. competent, smart people, and she was itching to kind of do more work full time, and and I think, um, so he gave it to her, and she's just, you know, just awesome, and so he's like. You know, instead of like having to pay himself money, so we took him off, so it freed up a lot of money for for us, for the for the growth of the company. Mm. And then she's, you know, just like you know, knocking people in the shape, and we're doing this, and we're doing that, and just it was, it was just it's operation. So sort of like people. Kate and Alex, like it's like you find these people. You know, you you said Alex, you know, <sighs> so much just, about the people, man. It's yeah, so much about getting yeah. the right people. You get the wrong people, or you're already almost right people, you're screwed. It's getting the right people who are competent, enthusiastic, and energetic, and and they have the right skills, and they and they're enrolled in the vision. They're like excited about it. They want it, you know. And it's like, geez, then all you have to do is stand back and help them make the hard decisions and give them the resources they need and say, and, and give them like, okay, so this is, so when I talk to Alex, I'll be like, Hey, let's clarify what we're trying to do. This is what I think we should do. And then he's like, Oh, okay. Right, right, right. You know, but you know, it's anyway, it's, 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 I think MV co MV co club is not a slack, right? It's a slow, bo- it's a slow boil, but before you know it, you know, you're going to be not paying attention to it. And then all of a sudden one day it's going to be like, 
this thing's like doing 10 million, you know, it's like, yeah, it'll be that, but it, you know, it, it's the kind of thing that like in 10 years, just, so we have one, we move go over two next year. We might be able to another one in the fall. Maybe we can two to three next year, two next year, and then three the year after that. And then, you know, yeah, have five, you know, just, them, like... it goes. <laughs> and then, and then, and then you have 30, 40 of these things in yeah. 10 years or something. And, uh, you're making, and that's just like a money generating. And what will happen is because there's, there's you code, there's, there's other, there's other kind of places like that. There's going to be a point where, because this is a new burgeoning industry, there's going to be a point where like three of them have, you know, 40 to 100, and then they're going to go, okay, merge, you know. So what the problem is, you know, it's what's interesting. So, and this is something I've been very anti-franchise from the start. Yeah. Because, first of all, you don't make any money off the franchises. You're like 5%, oh, yeah. it's yeah. just bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And because he, he was running through the numbers, because he, he looked under every rock, maybe we should do this, maybe we should do that, because that was his job. It was like, well, how do we spike this thing? What do we do? How do we get to scale? And and every time he started bringing that up, I was like, dude, I don't, those numbers suck. And then, but what's happening is, like we moved into San Mateo, and there were already like two there, and they're like, they're franchises. So you have franchise, franchise people running them, and they're like in these small rinky-dink little places that no one, no signage, not a front thing because these people are, don't have a lot of money themselves. They're trying to get something up small. And we came in and like we're growing faster than we've grown than any of them before. Because, because, pe- a, because people are aware of the concept because it's almost like they're marketing for you. And, but I don't know if, and that, I don't know if that's much case that people know about MV Code Club because we're in the general San Francisco area. But we're in a main, we have a 1,500 square foot front retail space oh yeah with big signage and like a retail thing in the front we buy like Makes robots sense. and stuff and then okay. you got like five. so it's like and so which is a great so we'll see see if this plans out my my i think this is a good test because if this works then we don't have to worry about the rinky dink franchise things they have 20 of these like kind of third rate things is you code one of them you code or is no you that- code is just down here but you know what's funny about you code i just looked at their site isn't you code the one that you got they asked you to... Yeah, they join. wanted to get me involved yeah. early yeah. on. and um, Well, okay, so idea love. There's a guy who was an entrepreneur in residence, and he was a guy who made a lot of... He did really well for himself on the first internet, part of the bubble burst, the first big yeah. thing. And then he moved his family down here and got involved with idea lab and he was an entrepreneur in residence, and he got... He heard about me through the grapevine and wanted me to partner with him and, you know, do this thing. And I, I said, you know, I was still too involved with Uber. And I said, look, I can't screw that up. I said, I got like another year and a half or whatever it is to vest. So he, um, and, uh, so, but then he ended up talking to Yuko just, just like, here's a local thing that's successful. And I, and maybe, and I think Bill Gross was like, what don't we do? Why don't we just like input money to them and just kind of merge or kind of just have like one thing. So they mm-hmm. did. And so they were, they raised some of they from some other VCs. I think they, I don't know how much they raised, but I think it was something like in the three plus range. Like they raised some real money. Yeah. And they still only have four locations. <laughs> they jumped because out ahead. Of, because of what you're saying, like you can't, you just can't scale. It, it, I think yeah. what happened was, I mean, I have no inside information. Yeah. So this yeah. is just speculating the outside. I think what happened is you get there, you have money and you have a bunch of VCs around the table and like, you guys got to grow, right? Mm-hmm. So you try and grow and it's that premature scaling. They don't really have things battened down, figure out what they're doing. They, things are too expensive. Their things are costing too much. They're not making enough money this way and that way. So, but they just go, they open a few, couple locations and they start burning cash and it'll work and they start doing some stuff. And now I think they're trying to franchise and I feel mm-hmm. like they're kind of, so like looking at it, let's see, let's take a look at you code, you code. 
I mean, I met the guy, and he said, you know, it was a smart guy, and you know, it's a good name. So yeah, they have four. They have Hermosa Beach, Torrance, La Cunada, Flint Ridge, and Tustin. So they have one kind of nearby here, but they have four locations. So we're bigger than them now, and we didn't take any money. I hate the franchise model. I do too. Um, well, yeah. yeah. I think I think you don't make as much money. It's just it's just like go big. Like okay, you'll make money if you go huge. But the problem is. You have a hard time selling because it's not worth as much to a bigger company because you don't have control of your franchises and you, they, they all have various levels of professionalism and success. Secondly, you don't make that much money off of them. You only get like a 5% royalty or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I thought you'd get much more, but he told me the numbers. I was like, are you kidding me? Why are we even thinking about that? And then, um, um, yeah, and that's just like, I don't know. I was like, let's just grow slowly, you know, Get to ten. I think. I mean, to so so like the new the new model that that I think is like the pinnacle of this of this non franchise concept that looks like a franchise. Well, obviously Starbucks is 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 one, but WeWork is like the new one. You know, like with their you know over billion dollar valuation and them just completely just growing as a as a private company. I mean, I think that that just kind of proves it. You know, it proves that. <laughs> you can do it without franchise concept. I think franchise, yeah, I just, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, I think I, I think the guy who ran a U-Code seemed like a really sharp guy. He was very serious about the education component. They had some really cool stuff. Um, you know, um, you know, without having any information, like I said, I have a feeling that he was probably pressured into doing some things because they had to spend the money. And that's what always happens with when you raise money too early and you money, they start pressuring you to grow, right? And some things, there's certain companies you can only go as fast as you can go, and if you try and grow too fast, you screw yourself. Sort of like your own little Bill Gates, Steve Jobs moment there, right? You know, like I mean, these two competing companies like Microsoft and Apple, <laughs> it's like MV Code Club and Ucode. Well, it was funny when we started out because <laughs> we were just like, well, because I, I remember I had um, the guy who was here who ended up, the Idea Lab guy, Michael, he, he was trying to, he wanted to, I actually had him set up a conversation with Doug because Doug was just still just doing teaching on his apartment then, or at the power center. That's how I was like, their home. And and I because he was talking, about, I said, "Why don't you talk to my buddy Doug? He'll tell you about what's working and not working." And Doug was very open about it. Doug was like, "I don't know, I might do a nonprofit." I mean, it was very like ill-formed. It wasn't a thing really. It was barely a thing. So it wasn't like when Pepsi went to Coke and said, "Look, you know, do you want to buy us?" No, no, like, and, no. <laughs> and then later they were trying to talk to him, but Doug refused to talk to him because he's like, "Why well, don't want to talk?" Because they're raising money. He's like, "They just want to buy us for some tiny bit. They either want to, they want to learn from us, or they want to buy us." I have no interest in talking. So he, Doug, refused to meet with them or talk with them. And um, you know, and I think Michael, that was curious. He's like, "Why am I going to talk to you?" You know, and I said, "Like, I don't know. I mean, like, just <laughs> I guess he doesn't want to talk to you." So. Um, and so then they got to like two and then three locations, and we just had our one little one, and you know, in Mill Valley, in a little in an office building, or not an office building, it was like, you know, how you have the little offices behind retail space. But and, but you're still focusing on learning the process, getting the process down, and being profitable, being profitable, like operating in the black, which is what we're doing. So we're yeah. growing like a we're not we're not growing off of financing and and. Um, that kind of thing we're growing primarily off our own what we kill which means we're a more stable business but we grow more slowly but it's the kind of thing that you know yeah i mean it would take a long time like this to get to like 500 locations it's the new business model make money make profit the old business model it's the only the real business model (laughs) as far as silicon valley is concerned it's the new business model you bootstrap and you make money yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I, it, you know, San Mateo was still, it's still growing. You know, it's, it's just been around for like, I don't know, six weeks or something, but it's already picking up steam pretty quickly. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited. It's, it's funny thing is it's slow though. Cause you're like, Oh, we got to open another one. It's like, wow, well, we got to wait, you know? And it's just one of those things though. It's one of the things that will be slow, slow, slow. And then you look up and there'll be like 10. And you're like, so will you, you know. take, I mean, do you see in the fullness of time that you would do take dividends or do, will you just like sit on it and just one day in 10 years it will sell type of thing? No, no. I think we'll probably pay ourselves dividends and but it, you know, know. maybe in like, maybe in like, maybe we get up to like 10 locations, 10 or 15 locations. We'll be making enough money to grow, you know, three or four locations a year off of that, plus enough to pay ourselves a, a good chunk of change. Make money while you sleep. Yeah. That's Jason Roberts' motto. <laughs> Make money while you sleep. <laughs> yeah, so that one, uh, but you know, we were, there was like, there was a, there, we had a few, I think there was a few near, near, near death experiences. They were close. We were like running out of money and things weren't working out. And Doug was like pretty, well, Doug is kind of like worst case scenario. He's like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, it's always sandbag it. You know, he's like the, he's like, <laughs> He's not the sky is falling, but he's just, I don't know. I just think it's funny. When he said, when he, when he grades it as a C, it's really a B plus. Okay. I'm like, all right, Doug, we're good. You but you've talked, you've, you've talked him off the ledge a few times, maybe. I a little bit. I mean, you know, he's, he's a pretty self-possessed guy. So it's not like I can like change his mind too much because he's, he knows what he's talking about, but he just is kind of very careful and uh, trying to keep his expectations in check. Um, but he's a little on the worst case scenario. Well, you know, if this doesn't work out, this and that, and I'm like, ah, we'll be fine. We'll be good. <laughs> but it's probably because, I mean, it's easy for you to say that because I don't have to do anything because I'm not running it. And then I just believe in him. I think he's a smart, capable guy. So I'm like, dude, you'll win. You'll win. You're good. Where he's like, I don't know if we're going <laughs> to <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know, I know you'll win. <laughs> I bet on the right horse. And he's, you know, I don't know. But it's, um, I think uh, I think it'll, as I tell Sandy, I think it'll turn out to be like a fantastic retirement income for us. Mm-hmm. Is what I think it'll be. I don't think it's going to like, in the next five years, we're going to sell it for millions of dollars or anything. But I think it's kind of thing that like, you know, 10 years from now, when I'm in mid 50s, all of a sudden we're like, damn, it's really it's worked, enough to live that, off, you know. Oh, that worked out really well. Yeah. You know, we're making a lot of money and, you know, you know, you have this just income coming in. So, was there anything else um, that you wanted to that you had on your list? My your list, list right there. Um, um, no. Why well, one thing I was gonna? Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm still shocked that my 25th reunion is coming up on June. That is insane. You're I old, I'm dude. 47. What is 47? Well, you should be me. I'm 49. I turned 49 this year. Yeah, you are old, man. One foot in the grave. Um, I mean, I just, I don't feel old. I don't feel 40. I mean, I, I don't know about, you know, what whatever the reality is, but I feel exactly the same as I did when I was 30. Like, honestly, I'm still trying to make that successful business. I'm still, like, focused on tech. I'm, I still really enjoy everything I do. Like, yeah. I'm so happy with every aspect of my life. It's like... I mean, there was there was a, there was a hacker news, you know, discussion about this the, the like a, a few weeks ago, and some guy was griping about turning fifty, and I was, and he was saying, you know, how his his kind of coding life was over. I was like, what? I think I saw a little like, bit of that. Yeah, 
Well, so much of this stuff, it's, like, it's, it's in your mind. It doesn't it's, feel like that for me. I mean, I just I feel exactly the same as when I was 30. Yeah, I feel I don't feel any different than I did in my early 30s. I mean, I don't feel like on my 20s because you're still kind of... But because you don't know shit in your twenties, you know, I, f- I feel like I know something, and I'm still really like optimistic and looking forward to stuff. Yeah, I feel like about the same as I did in my uh, in my mid thirties, thirty four, thirty four, yeah. thirty three, thirty four. I don't, I feel kind of like, you know, when we had first had kids. I don't feel really any different. I don't think I look that different. Um, I just really don't act that different. <laughs> like, it's like <laughs> when I'm like talking trash to my trainer and stuff. You know, he's like twenty seven, and I'm like. Yeah, I probably don't act like your typical 47-year-old. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, well, you know, you see people who are, you know, the same age and one person is just like a ton of energy and they're outgoing and they're open and optimistic about what, you know, did I say optimistic twice? I think I said that twice. Maybe. Anyway. That's your age. Yeah, but you got to, um, and those people seem young and then you have people kind of beaten down and. You know, kind of, you know, they're beaten down physically, they're beaten down psychologically, they're beaten down financially, and they're just kind of getting through it. And they're just like, well, you know, and and that's what happens. You know, you make you make a few bad decisions or suboptimal decisions. You make some compromises based on this, and they, all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation where you're just like, shit, you know. And um, I don't know. Um, it's I've, you know, it's funny. I've talked to different people and. Like you'll see some people and they're just broken, just beaten. You know, they've given up. They've sort of, they've effectively given up. They may not quite admit it, but it's obvious they've kind of given up. Even people a lot younger than us are kind of giving up. They're in the mid thirties, late thirties, and they're kind of like, they've resigned to a life that is not what they wanted and not the fulfilling. And I mean, it's not even like a fully actualized existence. It's just not. It's not even really kind of what they were hoping for. And it's just sort of. You know, they have this. What sort do of... people hope for? Like, I mean, in in into in today's day and age, like, is it kind of different? I mean, just is is this the mark of being old, even having this discussion? But like, I'm just thinking. I don't know when I when I was in my twenties, like, because there wasn't cell phones, there wasn't Facebook, there wasn't all this stuff, there wasn't the millennial problems. Like, there was still the hope of like getting a proper, you know, getting a property that wasn't completely out of reach. Like now it seems like uh, there's really no hope of getting a property. In fact, you're probably going to be living with your parents till you're 30. Like well, that's most people's experience. If you live in New York or San Francisco, <laughs> you can live in a smaller city and you can afford to buy a place. I just think... You can't yeah. live in... Yeah, London, yeah. It's, we talk it's like, there. you know, the, the kind of saying like, you know, millennials are basically... They're eating avocado toast at like seven bucks a pop instead of like the, the idea of buying a house, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean... I'd, I don't think that's that true. I mean, it's it's a little harder to buy houses in like urban environments probably than it was. It's probably always been. It's always expensive to buy place buy a place where everybody wants to be, and all the educated youth tend to gravitate towards these these urban centers. You know, so it's really expensive. If you want to live in Milwaukee, sure you can buy a place. It's not a big deal, or Orlando, or wherever. You know, it's like. So do you think it? We're just you know, it's the same as the nineties or the. I don't think yeah. it's, people always say like a generation today. They've been saying that for. I mean, that said, forever. I, I, that said, you you uh, we we kind of touched on this about Stranger Things, but I was watching like some some eighties shows. Uh, they were on on a screen somewhere, and I was talking to Georgie. You know what? Like that is basically the same as today, except the cars that just have square corners, yeah. and they don't have iPhones. 
But like eighties was actually really similar to what we have right now. I don't. Now. Yeah, I mean, and hair was weird. There was a huge difference, I think, between the fifties and the eighties. Yeah. But between 80s and now, it's not that big a difference, especially the 90s and now. So, I mean, yeah, people think the cell phones is like a huge difference, but I don't know. People on social media, but I don't know if that's that big a deal. Like if you, if you, I, I told Sandy a couple of times when we were driving on the highway and I was like, if you just looked out the window and you look at the cars, even if you look at the car, you'd like, especially, you'd be like, it, it could, could be, be, it could be 1995. Yeah, it could be the 90s. It could be yeah, like I 87. Agree. I mean, it was like a lot of the same looking cars. People have the same, I mean, the haircuts, the clothes. I mean, people look at the 80s and they always say like to do the most dramatic it's, version of the haircut or clothes but on average people didn't look like that people look pretty similar to now if you if you walk to the airport and look how people dress oh, i agree it's not too it's different. just it's just things like alexa iphone it's just these kind of small things I mean, that, you tiny know things yeah small things and like you know maybe augmented reality like but Who but the, the rest of it uses like, that i mean it's like nobody uses people talk about it's like well it's it's gonna be it's gonna come in big i know but, you've been talking about yeah. this but i i don't know anybody we, my kids play a little virtual reality game it's not, not ready yet occasion. it's not ready but, yet but but, but, but what, what what has reached any kind of um scale but, but even life? that isn't really going to change the external world like you're still going to have the same brackets holding up those bookshelves you're still going to have those books you're still going to have this kind of stucco on the wall you know like like the world is basically going to look the same. That's what I loved about Blade Runner. It 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 understood that, you know. It understood that the future even well, of course that was only 2047 or whatever, but like I I I could imagine, you know, like even in 2500 we're still going to have buildings, brick buildings. It's yeah, it's, it's not it's, it's, change that fast as yeah. much as people would like it to or think it might, but yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem much different. Not to me. It's maybe spaceships. <laughs> People have I mean, we're taking forever to get some to get to the space the space age is taking forever they've I mean, started talking about elon musk on star trek you know like before before it was always made up characters like it was white it was it was like oh well in the history you know how they'll have like a dialogue yeah, of star a trek retro, you know they'll say they'll say they were the right brothers and and zach zach ephraim or was no zephram whatever that guy's name you know the guy who invented the warp engine but now they now they add elon musk to the sentence zach ephron was like on not uh, zach ephron um, it was can you remember the, name, the guy who invented I, know, warp? I know what you're talking about yeah have, did you have you watched star trek destiny no it's quite good it's good. You, you know what's good is you know what's pretty good. We started watching when the kids uh, is Lost in Space. I have heard really good things about Lost in Space. I haven't seen it yet, but I've I, heard good things. It's it's um, it's actually pre- I mean I've only watched two episodes, yeah. but it's a good like I, the the production value is high. Yeah. The this it looks really good. The storytelling seems pretty good. The characters are pretty good. I mean it's it's all around it's, it's quality. I think it's I'm like I like this. This is good. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the robot. But that was the Danger Will Robinson one, yeah, right? From yeah. the 60s. Yeah, yeah. Danger Will Robinson. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of, of my... Uh, that had that really camp guy. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's who's like Dr. Smith. And does it and does it still have a camp guy? Yeah, but she's female. Okay. That's the only difference, really, right, I think. Okay. And I mean, it's still they're still bringing everybody together. It's But um, it's... Uh, I don't know. Does I, it have drama? Or is it comedy? I mean... Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's good. It's good. It's both. Okay. There's funny stuff, and it's um, I mean, not crack up, but it's, it's humor and it's drama. Yeah. It's but you know what's great is for our, for the kids. It's like my girls like it because it's like a family. Okay. My daughters like it's it's family, and you know, and it's not just a bunch of guys running around shooting people or something. You know, it, there's a family dynamics, uh, family dynamic and things that are really interesting. And um, 
I don't know. I would recommend it for anyone there who has a... It's, I think for anyone who likes science fiction, it's worth a shot. I think you probably like it. If you have a family and you're like, God, ah, I can actually watch science fiction with my kids or my wife and they're not going to be like moaning at how boring it is, this is a good one. Did you check out Electric Dreams? I, I recommended that last time. Yeah, you know, we watched all those. They're a little, it's a little dark. and I mean, it's a little kind da- of dark. It's a downer. It's a, bit weird. It's a downer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's Black like, Mirror, oh, like, and it all sucks in the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Philip okay. oh, and it just kind of sucks. Well, basically his, his whole question was, you know, what are we? What, what, what is, what is, what does it mean to have consciousness? Basically, I think every yeah. single one is just exploring that. But every concept. one was ultimately kind of a downer. True. And I was like, I was like, you know, I, cause we watched the last episode. More down than Black Mirror. I didn't try that cause I know it's a real downer. And... I've, I've, okay. So. I've heard the Black Mirror is better if you just skip out episode one. Yeah, her episode is the worst. That's what I heard. And the first season is the darkest. I heard, but the first one because is the worst. Because basically, episode one, they, they and I'm not giving away anything. Yeah, they went off the deep end. I heard they that. basically want they 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 forced the prime minister to have sex with a pig on live television. The prime minister of England and the whole thing. Why thing's are you about, telling me this? You you don't you. you Who that, says I'm going to watch it? That that's, that's why are you why are you giving spoilers? There's don't no spoilers. spoilers. That's that's the whole plot. I mean, okay, all right. That's that's the whole well, anyway, thing. Anyway, anyway, it's um, just leading up to that. Yeah, like so that you you know that from like within the first few scenes. Yeah. So, anyway, but yeah, it's, I, it's I don't a, like watching uh, uh, some of the downer stuff. Gets me. I'm just like, this is just life has enough oh, uh, oh. like difficulty and trouble. Sometimes there's this show in the UK called EastEnders, and I swear to God, it's so stressful to watch this show. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it's like. I don't like it. Like, you know, like that was with like, uh, was Sopranos was like that. It was so stressful yeah, to watch. It's stressful like, you know, this to watch. Sucks. Yeah. Like, why am I watching this? And uh, the stressful one, the ones that, and the one that's like, it's always like uncomfortable moments like The Office. Oh, I, I like I that. I hate that. I hate oh, social yeah. uh, un, un, discomfort or whatever. I, I'm kind of just a, a social awkwardness where you're just like, oh, I can't even watch. Like, I, I hate that stuff. <laughs> hate it. <laughs> I'm I mean, really sensitive. To it that, has to so. get really, really. I mean, some of some of it's really bad, and I, and I'm definitely squirming inside. But I do enjoy it. Yeah, I can't. That's not my. But you still watch Walking Dead? You know, when we switched over to a new TV and a new, we didn't we didn't have all this record. I lost all our recordings, so I have to like go and uh. watch it on Prime, and I haven't gotten to it. But I am like I'm like a year behind, a season or a season half behind. Is it good? Oh. Don't give me any spoilers. You still watch it? I, I'm 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 com- completely up to date. Okay, don't say anything. So, um, mm. and I, I watched that, and I watched Fear of the Walking Dead. Both of them were kind of. But the thing I got with the whole what's his face, the bad guy, uh, Egan, Negan, Negan, it was just he was such an ass that was just hard to watch because just like he act- he was so such a sadistic jerk that you're just like I just can't even. You well, know, and I, I understand think, it, but it just was, it was just like made it not fun to watch. It's like who's he gonna, whose head is he gonna bash in? It's like this exactly is- like he 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 bashed in one character who was like a really you know the, just in his introductory scene he killed those two characters and yeah. and the one character we won't say the name yeah. but um like that character was like just the worst character of any character you could kill like it it, it a, like a little a little fairy died in heaven when they killed that character. You yeah. Know? Well, I um. <laughs> yeah. Like so it, I, it's difficult to watch moving forward. So I, I, I force I yourself to watch. I kind of stalled out halfway through that season because because that character was killed. No, not because of the character, not not, but just because. I mean, I didn't, it wasn't like a conscious choice. I just wasn't as motivated to watch it. Right, because that character w- was like brought in so much normalcy in a way, like was just ever the everyman. 
like gave you something to really oh, you mean, relate oh, to. Oh, you think the guy who died? Yeah. No, like I said, that has no impact. No, on me. no that impact. had nothing to do with that for me. Okay. Uh, it was just that Negan himself was just kind of. He made was it. such a dick. You could. They just like I don't know. It's like watching Tony Soprano. It's like guys an ass. Like I don't. Wanna, I I know? got it. I got it. So it moved to that space where it was just dark, 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 and you and couldn't. Just, I, don't, I don't like. You yeah. Know, you know, I probably will watch it again, but it's I'm not the, sure it gets any less dark. I'm sure it doesn't, but I'm just saying. Yeah. That's that's why. But. Uh, you know, I think I'm gonna. We need to call it because you know what, Sandy and I are gonna watch tonight. What's that? Super Troopers two. Whoa! That is gonna be awesome. I love. <laughs> do you watch Super Troopers? Uh, isn't that the one where he goes? Um, excuse me, meow. Meow. Yeah. Yeah. Meow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Repeater and the, uh, the, 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 I love that the, one. Yeah. Leader Cola. Leader Ocola. Meows me. Excuse me, meow. I. I. I love that was one of the most underrated comedies of all to me. I mean, it's one of those things that kind of flew under radar. I mean, but it became like these things like Office Space, where like you know a lot of people had seen it, and then you could make you just say a line at it, and people would kind of nod and smile, like yeah, like everyone. But putting it, up the drywall, the new McDonald's, putting up the mud drill, the new McDonald's. That, did I? Did you read that text I sent you? Yeah, yeah. Like so, it was so hilarious. I was just like sitting there on a lake, and I looked over to the right. And there was this guy putting Not up the, the drywall at the new McDonald's. <laughs> I was like, oh my <laughs> yeah. God, that's hilarious. Have you ever seen Office Space? Yeah, of course. Okay, you yeah. Seen it. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm, 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 uh, I'm really excited about Super Troopers. It was actually crowdfunded. Oh, really? It was like, it, it, there was an article, it was an Ars Technica or something, and they said it was like... So, that, so that's like my, uh, my movie concept. Like oh, my, yeah, my startup other, concept. Yeah. Last, and, Last and, Chance TV. Yeah, so they, that's right, that's right. So they were the one that, and I, apparently according to the article, the crowdfunding is really kind of dying, um, but this was one that they caught on the tail end of it where they raised, they would raise a lot of money off this yeah. before it kind of yeah. fell off. So, well, with that, let me call it because I need to get out, I need to take a shower sure. and get out of here. All right, then. Well, it's been a good show. my wife to dinner and movie. Been good talking to you. Yeah. I'll see you in fun. another three months. Yeah, sounds like <laughs> it. So we're looking for what, August maybe? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> let's get, well, let's get one in before Christmas. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, that's a wrap. We're out.